Still, we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. I just smoked a buck. I smoked a fork. Oh my god, my first year. Everyone's straight. Yeah. All righty, guys. Hey, check it out. We got a super cool podcast today. Uh, it's been a long time in the works. We've been working on it for some time, but scheduling conflicts and whatnot. I'll tell you what, this one has been a hard time to get together, but it should be a good one. Oh, yeah. That being said, we got to start this off real quick. We got to give a big shout out to the supporters of this podcast. Uh, without these companies, you know, to be completely honest with you guys, once again, this stuff costs money to produce and, and they help us out in a lot of ways and it allows us to continue producing these. Uh, big shout out to Archer Geek Custom Strings. Evan. Appreciate it, buddy. Makes great strings. Check them out. Running new Bloodline strings. Hit them up on Instagram at Archer Geek Custom Strings for all your Archer, or, uh, all your uh, string needs. And uh, check out Bruce at the Bow and Arrow Shop down in Lakeside, California. Man, I'm, I'm rambling, man. The, every time, dude. The last, three, the last three podcasts, dude. I've been ripping them, and I got to breathe. I got to learn to breathe again. Yeah, that's what we try to split them up. But yeah, go down and check out Bruce and the boys down at, at uh, the Bow and Arrow Shop down in Lakeside, California. Man, he'll hook you up. Tune your bow. You need a new bow. You need a new set of arrows. Anything you need, hunting related, he'll hook you up. And if you guys are into backpack hunting, getting way out there, make sure you check out Tricer USA. We uh, have a promo code, and it's 15% off if you use promo code R2R. And last but not least, cannot forget about uh, Right to Bear Arms down in Alpine. Uh, Drew and Trent will get you set up. Yeah, man. Super pumped on those companies. Appreciate it. And uh, real quick, obviously, before we dive into this, if you hear any background noise, it's uh, it's because we're actually in a shop. But before we dive into that, we got to announce some special news. Me and Brian, um, when me and Brian got together and started working on this project together and started growing the podcast, you know, he had individuals that he had known and acquaintances and buddies and whatnot. And then obviously naturally that drug me into that group. And I started meeting all those guys with him and, and, and jiving real well with them. And, and one of his buddies, Timmy Coles, he, uh, I'm super pumped and proud to announce that he's a third or the fourth member of R2R. Yep. Yeah, yeah boy. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's in with us and nice and, fit right there, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I tell you what, it, it was me and Brian talked about it for a while and, and uh, he just jives with us. We get along super great. We're all like-minded. He's a go-getter. He's a grinder. He's a killer. And uh, that's what we like, you know. And, and, and his mission is kind of like ours. We want to give back. And it's hard to come across, you know, good dudes that, that really put the money where the mouth is. And, and Timmy's one of those guys. And he believes in, in what we're doing. And, and we believe in him. And it's just a natural fit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, needless to say, that's all said and done. You guys heard him chime in. We're at the bow and arrow shop right now with Bruce. He he's on the mic. Oh yeah, <laughs> what's going on, Bruce? The man. Ah, lovely day in paradise. Good to be here. Yeah, man. It's Glad a, you guys could drive down and spend the afternoon with me. Yeah, without a doubt, dude. We we've been you know we come down here and get our bows tuned and work with you and talk with you and half the fun down here is just talking shit, dude. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Plenty of that here. Yeah, dude. We come down. We have a good time. We're all like minded and and dude, we have a great time down here and and it's funny because. I'll tell my chick, I'll be like, hey, I'm just going to go get my bow tuned. Like, ah, oh, it's an hour drive. I'll be there for 15, 20 minutes. Bruce, throw it on the press. He'll hit it. Uh, oh, no. Three hours. Max. Yeah. You know? Like, I'll see you half start, day later. Start shooting all new bows. Oh, yeah. Geeking you, out on gear and everything. Yeah, exactly. And it's cool to be down in here with a, a guy that's super passionate, you know? Love what I do. That's for sure. I mean, why have a shop if you don't? Right. right. You got a smile on your face every time I'm in there. Man. <laughs> yeah. Get to deal with cool guys, man. Talk yeah. hunting all day and tweak on bows. It's pretty rad. I've pretty always dream. said, like, when I retire, like, my dream job, because, 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty young to think about retirement, but I've just kind of been at it for a long time. And, and I always just, I'm a dreamer, you know, like one of my dreams is like, Oh, I'll fucking retire at 50. Like just cover my bases, retire at 50 and work in a bow shop. You know what I mean? Like that would be like my ultimate goal. Someone say, Hey, what do you want to do? You know, I want to work in a fucking bow shop, dude. Yeah. Like that's I'm, I'm my 51 deal. and I, I love going to work every day. I can't yeah. even call this work. It's kind of like, uh, you feel guilty saying work, right? I mean, I remember when I used to strap my bags onto his frame and I was like, that was work. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun, man. I mean, yeah. it really is. And if the day I start calling this work, I've got issues, serious issues. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, you like, you live the lifestyle, man. Like I, I go to the gym in the morning and it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm talking shit to you and you're doing the same thing I'm doing. You know, you're getting it in, man. And it's like dudes that are unhappy and miserable and it's just, it's tough for individuals to stay motivated, you right, know? And it right. seems like every time I talk to you, you're just so motivated. Man, what I've learned being 51, you hang out with you guys. I mean, what's your, how old are you? 33, dude. 25. 33. Okay. So you hunt with guys like this, healthy young dudes, you better be able to keep up. You're going to get left behind. And there's no excuses. The mountain just does not forgive, right? So what I figured out in my infinite wisdom of age, you got to train twice as hard for this, man. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you're just going to get your ass handed to you. So for me, it's a big deal this morning. Up at 5, watched that that lunar eclipse this morning. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's badass. And then got the work in, right? Start the day off. It, it, a lot of people, like, so prior to Brian, Bruce, and I don't know how far back you've actually listened to these podcasts, but prior to Brian, there was a guy named Patrick and me and Patrick started out and we did a fitness podcast. Nice. And you know, you always hear it. Like you always hear, oh, you know, if you work out or if you, if you run or whatever, you feel better, but that's hard for someone that doesn't work out or run or, or, or get any type of physical activity in every day to like grasp that. Right. And and think about that and be like, dude, that sure does seem like a lot of work to make me feel good. You know what I mean? <laughs> There'll be a day when it clicks and it's just like, oh, dude, there's my energy level. Right. Well, there's a great, we were just talking about Jason, right? Exactly. Dude, that guy, dude, he comes in and he showed me before and half picks and I'm like, holy crap, dude. Yeah. I mean, just no excuses. I got to get it done. I got to get it off. Wants to hunt. He knows his, he wouldn't make it up the hill if he dude. was in the shape he was in. And that guy, man, he just, he's got some nut behind him, dude. Dude, he does. He grinds oh, yeah. his pick. And there's a lot of people out there that are like him that just, I don't know what it is. Like, I think it, they just, Hit a wall one day, hit, I don't know, rock bottom, whatever. Right, like right. I, I feel like shit. I look like shit, whatever. Whatever the reason is in their head that they want to make that change. Yeah, and right. then they, bam, and then you see dedication, and, and they don't even talk about it. Like, they just do it. And the next yeah. thing you know, you see them two months later, and you're like, holy shit, dude, you've lost a lot of weight. Yep. Yep, been hitting the, the Versamax, been hitting the air bike or whatever. And it doesn't take a lot. What's the first thing you hear out of his mouth? Dude, I feel so much better. Yeah. I have so much more energy. Yeah, I want to get up and go do this. Mm-hmm. He's already pounding mountains, dude. dude Went out is. scouting for deer and everything. Scouting for deer, bear, everything. I yeah. know. Oh, He's nice. going bear hunting, too. Yeah. Real nice. He's in it, dude. He's in and, it to win it. And that's what it takes, and, and that guy's a true inspiration, and I, I've i mentioned him many times on this podcast. Brian has, too, and, and the dude's a serious motivation for a lot of people. Right. You know, and that's uh, kind of like our claim to fame is like, dude, we helped this dude, because he'll say it flat out. He's like, that podcast was the defining moment that was like, I want to be a hunter. And this is how That's exactly I what he told it. me when I met him. He goes, I want a bow. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm an accomplishment. I'm like, hell yeah. Dude, he's Good a you. hard-headed you know, individual. I'll never forget, dude. We, we were, I think I said it before on the podcast. We were coming back from checking cameras, and we got a few messages. And then I go to check it, man, and it was Jason mm-hmm. telling us up how all oh, that podcast changed his life. He sent us those before and after yeah. pics, dude. And he said he wants to pick up a bow. And. Next thing you know, he's down in Bruce's shop. Yeah. Shooting that bow tech. And pounding it, too. He's doing yeah, good, man. He has, he has a good shot. He, it was funny, man, because um, 
I think he had shot at his shop a couple times. And then once he had told me, hey, I got a boat. Because he had told me he was going down. I was actually supposed to come down with him. But it just didn't right. work out. Anyways, he had shot it a handful of times at home and at lunchtime or whatever. And then I think it was the first time he ever came and shot with me. Dude, I had him shooting at 60. And he was fucking pig in mud, dude. <laughs> like, I just had him ripping him at 60. And he was like, there's no way, like... And I, I was just like, dude, trust your equipment. Bruce set it up. It's legit. Like, let's do it. And you know what hits me funny is I'll, I'll see different guys come in here from out of town, out of out of state, whatever, and they're like, it, it, the Midwest, right? Guys are like, dude, you guys shoot past 40 yards? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, this Western State hunting, man, your average shot starts at 40 and out. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I tell guys all the time, if you're going to play that game, play the game in a bigger way. So if you practice nothing but 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 90, 80, 70, 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, right? That's just kind of average to a chip yeah. shot if you will yeah but i think guys should practice over their limitations just so they know oh maybe i shouldn't do this or maybe i shouldn't you know travis he yeah. sets up a lot of shoots just for that and they he's kicked my ass in some shoots and i know he's kicked everybody else's ass oh, in yeah. some shoots. but it just shows you what you should and shouldn't do well, mm-hmm. and it shows your flaws Shoot yeah. long range shows you your flaws. Yes, yep. it does in a big way right yeah mm-hmm. it's yep. kind of like you, you're pumping them at 20 yards you know and, and you you're you have a group at two inches at 20 yards, right? And you're like, oh, that's a tight group because it's right there. It's in front of you. You're like, oh, two, dude, if you're not careful, like, if you're shooting two-inch groups at 20 yards, man, you bump <laughs> some at 60, 70, you're going to be missing targets. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you really need to be able to slap some shafts at 20. And not saying you should. You should spread them out. But you really need to keep a tight group at 20 if you're going to start thinking about bombing them at 100. Because you start losing arrows and your backstop ain't right and all that kind of stuff. You break and break arrows but hey that's good for you because then they come in here it's just called leaving your carbon footprint (laughs) 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 it's good stuff but so look we kind of rambled on tangent off on some fitness but man let's hear it dude tell us about you dude man i'm a pretty simple story buddy i just like i said you know i grew up just like the rest of us we all started somewhere doing something we just kind of had to do you know whether it's framing or running a shop or welding or whatever it might be you know we all start somewhere and i just Got to the point where the guy that owned this shop prior lost his house in the fire and said, man, I want to, I got to build a house. You want to take the archery shop? And I was like, man, I was scared shitless. But I was told, hey, you're young enough, you fall on your face, you can get back up and do something else. And it just kind of took off. And, you know, I, I, it's just I got a good group of guys that come in here. And, I, and you can say that in general about a lot of, of hunters, rifle hunters, bow hunters, whatever it might be. It just I find the hunting community is 95, 98% bitching. You know, don't give you know, like anything, right? You're going to have that little bit of percentage. It's like, whoa, dude, shouldn't be doing this. But uh, so I just started archery and started geeking and nerding. And, man, I don't know what else to tell you. I just, I honestly love what I do. And I wanted that environment in an archery shop. Just like you said earlier. You know, I don't want a guy, hey, what do you need? Here it is. Yeah, I'm going to charge yeah. you and have a great day. Yeah. It's just, to me, that's horse, horse crap. You know, I want yeah. a guy to come in and. I want it to be. I want it to be like a cheers environment. Everybody knows your name, and everybody comes in and talks hunting. And hey, what tag did you get? Yeah. Or what did you draw? Or how was your hunting season? And okay, now I need some broadheads, or I need some arrows, or whatever. You know, I just I like people, and I want to be around like-minded people, and I want to hear your hunting story and your hunting story. Yeah. You know, I and I, you know, it's it's what it's all about, man. It I is. mean, in my in my eyes, that's what it's all I, about. I feel like it's as close as a hunting camp as you could get is coming into this shop. Oh, thanks, man. And, and that's, I feel like that's the truth. Oh, it is. I, I mean, in in the the way you embrace people with open arms, like I walked in the store just now, and you had a customer walking out. He had a recurve. 
you know, new set of V force arrows and, and you're talking about him shooting right or whatever. And you're like, Hey, you got to open up them, those shoulders or whatever. And you're like, Hey, come back in here tomorrow and I'll work with you. He's like, well, I don't know if I can come. Well, whenever it works for you, come on in and I'll work with you. It, right. You didn't have to do that. You know well, what I mean? It, it, this, I don't know if this makes sense to you guys. To me, if I'm going to sell you some equipment, I want you to get the maximum out of your equipment. I mean, I, you just can't buy a good shot, right? You can buy the damn equipment for it. Correct. But you got to you got to put it to work. And if mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing wrong to make it right, or if it's not proper set, or if the peep's off, or you don't have an anchor, I mean, I could go on and on your front hand, blah, 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 blah. Then it's a big pile of crap. Why yeah. even spend your money? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I just, I feel if someone works hard for their money and they get some nice equipment, put it to work, man, and make sure you're doing it to your ability to, because you know the equipment nowadays is going to do its job. Oh, yeah. It's where we choke. You know, it's the link, like I tell guys, it's the link between the release and the bow. Right. And really, that's what it boils down to yeah. 90% yeah. of the time. Everything's Everything is so finely tuned. Yeah. You know, all the bows are good. Dude. It's what fits your hand right, what feels good to you, and, and if your form and technique is right and you trust your equipment, right? you know, that's what it boils down to, you well, know, the reality of it. That's the thing, too, about Bruce, man. You come in here, buy a new bow, and you're going to be shooting five, six bows. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not going to just, Everything's I want this bow because this guy shoots it, you know? Correct. You're shooting all of them. I that's important, yeah. right? I, I don't want a guy to buy it because his buddy has it or a guy to buy it because it has a name behind it. I want a guy to buy a bow, just what you said, you know? How does it feel on the draw? How does it feel on the balance? How's the dwell? How's the vibration? How's the no vibration? How, 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 how? What mm-hmm. do you like? You know, I right. like chocolate ice cream. You like vanilla ice cream, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah. So that's kind of an important thing, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that, that's why you got the reputation you are, or like the reputation you have in the industry. Yeah, that's cool. Because yeah. you actually, you actually care. Yeah. You, you know, I don't, and this is my naive, man. I just, I just love what I do and I just want to be with people and I, I guess I should be more on social media. I, I should look at my reviews. I should, but I just, I don't, man. I'm just kind of me in my own little cocoon, I guess, but yeah, it's uh, too much work. Social well, media is way too much work. I, I don't blame it's you, bro. I, I, a million times I hate social media. Brian, Brian runs it. Yeah. He runs all the social media. It's consuming. Dude, and I want nothing to do with it. And just like you, you probably don't want nothing to do with it either. I feel like it's all trash. You yeah. know what I mean? But listen, dude, as far as the shop goes, were you shooting bows prior to taking, I mean, yeah, prior to taking Yeah, absolutely. So a story that always sticks out in my head, and I think I told you about this, Timmy, one time. Growing up in Idaho, my dad and my grandpa, we go hunting, right? And I'm a little turd face. I think I have a bare fiberglass green bow, the 20 pounds maybe. And I remember my, my dad smokes this deer. His rifle killed it. And we walked up, and he stops me like two feet from me. He goes, it just moved. Finish him off. And I, you know, in my head at that age, I smoked that deer with my bow. And then I'm sure the arrow bounced off. And my, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and my dad's like, dude, you just finished the deer off. And from that point, it was like a bass on a hook. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's just like, geez, oh, peak, man. And it just took off from there, man. And, you know, just like every other hunter that starts, right, you start with a rifle mm-hmm. and you just kind of progress up. And so, and so I shot my last deer, oh, hell, I don't even know how long ago. And it's like under 200 yards, he's dropped. And I was like, man, that was cool, right? But then I killed a deer with a bow, and it was like, oh, my freaking hell. Right, and right. Dude, it's double the high, double the mm-hmm. adrenaline, double the work. Even if it's half the buck. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could be a doe at that point. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, geez, oh, peak, dude. Mm-hmm. From that point, and, and and like I tell guys, man, I nothing against rifle hunting at all. It's right. just I want my high off a of bow because yeah. it is twice the high. And I've, and I've killed a couple animals with a recurve, and it's even more so with mm-hmm. a recurve from a compound. It's like, whoa, dude. It's just a whole different world, man. It's a different experience. That well, was that was a talk that I had with someone about starting off hunting with a rifle then moving to a bow. But I kind of disagree with that. 
I think that you should start with a bow. Learn how to stalk. Learn how to be yeah. be quiet. Learn wind. Mm-hmm. And your first couple seasons, you're going to get really close to some deer. If you want to pick up a rifle on your third season, right. you're going to kill a deer. That's so, actually a great point, Timmy. You're 100% right. Learn it, how to hunt with learn, a bow, yeah. and it'll make you a better rifle hunter. I'll tell you what. I killed that coos buck in Arizona last year. Dandy, by the way. Dude, well, yeah. It was my first one, obviously. I got extremely lucky. I mean, we ground our picks for it. But I got in to the yardage that I did on that deer specifically because I'm a bow hunter. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there was – I could have shot that thing from – 400 yards out 500 yards out i mean dude i was horizontal i literally creeped anyways yeah it's it, it was i got in because i needed to get in you know what i mean and Andy that, buck. would you ever score that buck we I did we, picture we scored it steps. a couple times dude uh i, I think so it was 96 and some change lung popper scored it at 96 and some change travis scored it at like I think it was he was on point nine he was, no no it, ed franson when it came back ed said it was 103 that's a good buck. Yeah. I, I think it was it. 103. Anyways, I don't care. It's dead. It don't yeah, matter. Right and no, the score doesn't matter. I mean, I saw that deer on opening day, and, and we had lost them. And then the following day, we found them again and made a play on them. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. And it just was awesome that it worked out, and we were able to put them down. And I, I'm amazed. Like, that's my first coos buck, dude. Dude, like, they are cagey little I mean have you killed one with a bow yet Timmy I know me and you hunt kind of close in Arizona but my plan is to go looking for coos this next January yeah, that's I'm that's gonna... my goal Dude. after watching them in the rut and watching how they just don't care about anything it's it's I want to hunt one yeah. I, I've only killed one with a bow and arrow spot in stock which is tough as hell yeah and but I blow in 92,000 attempts, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Your buddy can fart a ridge over and they're gone. Right, but, exactly. But they respond to grunts and decoys way different than mule deer. They're aggressive. They are that. Definitely, definitely. So and Jesse almost yeah. had a shot on one. I mean, they are. Calling them? Oh, they're, yeah. yeah. They'll come straight into See, you. See, I, I've never been out there in January messing around. I My first time ever hunting Arizona was last year, and it was on that hunt. And, it, and I didn't know any different. I mean, it was a second season rifle tag and dude they were still bachelored up like and it was november the first week of november i mean it wasn't like there was like no rut action at all so what you're saying is anybody listening don't go hunt arizona in january yeah don't do it <laughs> yeah don't do it please <laughs> so that was another another question so you said they're they're bachelored up what i don't know what the temperature was you said it was pretty hot right dude so it it, it had gotten warm it wasn't like 100 but it had gotten like 85 one day and i don't know if that was the day the first day, but there was a cold front that rolled in, and and I had actually shot him on the cold front. But I I shot him on the same plateau that I originally, me and Matt, had found him on the opener. Were you glassed him in the morning, going pretty much, yeah, so dead in the eve or the midday, and then evening glassed him up again? No, no. So like we glassed him up in the morning, the original morning, and dude, when we first on the opener, when we glassed him, he was like, I mean, you guys are probably gonna say bullshit, but dude, he was like two miles away. I mean, line of sight, he was like two miles away, and, you know. That's doable. We were glassing deer from two yeah, miles away yeah, together. Yeah. But, I mean, Matt has a Swaro 85-millimeter spotter, and that thing's like, I mean, when people say, oh, is it worth it? Yeah, if you have the money, buy it. Like, I mean, that's just bottom line, because you could see detail of, like, what this deer was at two miles away, you but, know. But that's what I'm saying. Typically, like, local, midday, you're not glassing anything. There's nothing moving. Correct. hunkered down in some deep brush. Yeah, so, like, we... We glassed them up in the morning, and it was the morning, and we're like, we know that deer's there, 
and then we kept tabs on him to like nine, ten. Then he bedded under a tree on this plateau. They were just kind of milling around in there, and they were kind of bumping each other off, you know, kind of getting a little pre ruddy ish. And they were kind of there were some smaller bucks that were sparring and whatnot. And then they they all bedded up under this I don't even know kind of an oak maybe whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was an oak, and it, they bedded up under it on this plateau. And uh, so we just kept tabs on them, and then we were like, screw it, do this opener. Like, there's good deer here, clearly, because I had already seen another deer that was just as big, if not bigger, like, first light in the original canyon we were going, and we lost them. So, like, once we had found that one that bedded up, and then I had already said, hey, man, like, there's a tank of a coos right here. So then we're like, dude, there's good deer. You know what I mean? We're like, oh, dude, we're just in them. So it wasn't like a huge rush to go shoot that deer. Matt was like, dude, that's, a, that's close to 100-inch coos, you know, like, we should really try to maybe think about that one. But anyways, uh, then we had lost them later on that night. And we're like, kind of like, ah, oh, shit, well, we got seven days. So we're, we'll figure it out, right? You're good. Yeah. yeah and, and seeing what we saw on the opener, you know, obviously it's hunting. Anything can happen. But next thing you know, the next day we were in them um, and we weren't finding the deer we were looking for. And then uh, the following day I was able to get it done. And then Matt, coincidentally, the next day shot his too. So, And what about local hunting, Bruce? As far as out-of-state hunting, local hunting, I like out-of-state hunting because it's an adventure and it's something different, but local hunting, I don't think I'm ever going to stop hunting local. It's I, I love local hunting just because it's your backyard, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the spots, way overpressured. Everybody listening knows where I'm talking about. A lot of hunters, a little bit of game, huge doe population, um, but a lot of pressure. I noticed with COVID, right, and everybody here has hunted local, so everybody's feeling the same pain. It's double the hikers, quadruple the mountain bikers. So pretty much for you sitting in a tree stand or a ground blind, you're done in an hour and a half. But it's mm-hmm. definitely something I'll always have a tag in my pocket for. And living in Pine Valley, it's nice because you can pop up, pop down. But I think this year I'm going to kind of go into a little bit of that more open country. I want to get off the mountain a little bit and, and get into what I really enjoy hunting. You know, that glass out, put them yep. in bed, put a stock on or ambush them, whatever it might be. But just try to find somewhere you can get away from people. And I think you kind of branched into some of that country. Oh, right? yeah, we were texting, remember? I had yeah, Justin yeah. up on the ridge. I was walking him in on that book. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's we'll get that you out to there. me, man. I just, I love our local hunting. So anybody that doesn't hunt local, man, you're missing the boat, dude. Yeah. Because I mean, really, really, if you think about it, if you don't get your local tag, yeah, you're hunting out of state one time a year. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather be in the mountains than sitting on the couch on a Sunday morning. I mean, really. Absolutely. You hit it right on yeah. the head. Nothing else to do. You None. might as well go do hunt. And yeah. it does make you better at finding deer. Dude, listen. For sure. And, <laughs> oh, and I yeah. tell guys all the time, right, you kill a deer in San Diego, dude, you've accomplished a lot just because yeah. of the pressure. I mean, yeah. alone. I mean, you're different states like we're talking New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, there's probably... I'm I'm gonna stab in the dark five times, six times, ten times more of the population ten of animals. Times. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's there and then more vast country to be open. I mean mm-hmm. the problem with California is they locked everything off that our tax dollars go to. Right. Nope, you can't hunt this. Correct. Crap. I I for sure like what Timmy said. If you hunt locally, any anywhere in southern oh well, probably anywhere in California. I don't really branch up north at all. But you know, any of the southern units are going to hone your skills, man. You're, you're going to be coming out of, you'll be going out of state like a Havilon, bro. You're going to be <laughs> fucking sharp, dude. Yep. You will go out of state sharp if you spend a couple seasons in San Diego. Because essentially you're hunting back to the coos deer. Our deer here are going to be a coos deer the second week because of the pressure. They're on right. high alert 24-7. Dude, dude. Yep. Not even, I mean, yeah, they are, without a doubt. But the, the fact that public land, 
is so tough here. It is tough, man. Like, it breaks me every year. <laughs> it breaks me every year, dude. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, why do I keep doing this? It's like, so addicting. I, dude, I just can't get over well, Your problem is you put something somewhat of a pattern together, and then all of a sudden you get hikers through or, or yep. change oh, yeah. of seasons. Oh, I think yeah. you had that problem last yes, year. Yes, right? we you did. This me and Brian yes. pattern. Dude. We f- disappears. All Ishima gone. Yeah, as soon as and it, that's exactly what happened. So they literally whoof. They're soon gone. As the velvet comes off. Bam, they're gone. <laughs> and it was funny. I'll tell him, Brian. I'm like, dude, these are sweet bucks, you know? Because I saw it, the pictures. Yeah, yeah. I remember bucks. in their tanks, and I'm like, second that velvet's gone, boys. I'm telling you, that little bitch is gone. And sure enough, whoof, they're gone, dude. It, you know, I don't know what it is. I I like to get out. I have a thing with velvet bucks, so I like to get out early season local because yeah. I like looking at velvet bucks. Oh yeah. Dude, and like last weekend, we were out messing around, testing our new uh, side-by-side, and uh, we found a tank of a buck, not even looking for deer, on the side of the road, dude. And then I tell Johnny, Johnny calls me, hey, dude, you haven't learned your lesson yet with San Diego Velvet Bucks? They're not going to be there anymore. <laughs> yep. yeah, just, they're not going to be there as soon as they shed that. They're gone. It don't matter. You can have the best water source, the best food source, man, sucking that stuff is gone, dude. They, they get weird. It, it, I don't know, man. They, it's, I mean, it's almost like it wouldn't matter if they went 10 miles away or if they just stayed away from your camera. Right. They ain't there. You know, like you're that not velvet makes them. them antlers a little sensitive, man. They yeah. want to stay out of that bush. I'll tell you a book that I bought. You guys might, and whoever's listening, uh, it's called deer of the Southwest. I think I was telling you about yeah. it and it's, it's a phenomenal read, man. And it covers San Diego County, Riverside County, Southern Arizona, Central Arizona. I mean. Oh, it does? It, dude, it tells you at this time of the year, these deer are going to be feeding on this. This is where you might want to start hunting in that area. And so if you look at that and start taking that apart, there's a lot of information in there to be had by a biologist. Yeah. I mean, all of us, if you get a primo tag, you're, you're, and I know you have, you talk to the biologist, you find out about what's in that area, what's, what's roaming, where am I, should I start looking? Mm-hmm. This tells you, man, when you find this bush and this bush, because mule deer needs to... I think, what is it, three different plants to digest their, their food? They can't just be like a whitetail where they come out and just eat, 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 eat. Right. That. Mule deer needs this plant, this plant, and this plant to be able to digest because right. it's two-chamber stomach, I believe, mm. compared, you know, so, or, yeah. So, really, really, really a lot of information in there to be had for SoCal hunters and, what, and on. What book was that? Deer of the Southwest. I got it. I'll give it to Is you. that that yellow coffee no, book? No, that, that was How to Hunt Mule Deer or something like that. So you got that book? Yeah. Ju- 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 and Reed, you know right? Justin, yeah, he has all those books, so he lets me borrow them. But I got that Southwest one. Hopefully there's an audio book on it because it's hard for me to stay attentive <laughs> to a book, you know what I mean? But even even off-season, too, like Carly and I go out and have a beer on the tailgate. Yeah. We, we glass deer year-round. Yeah. I mean, antlers, no antlers, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, just go practice. Just practice glassing. Get on it. You, you don't ever want to let your eyes not become accustomed to seeing. finding finding and seeing deer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know the old saying, like, don't look for the deer, look for a part of the deer. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's true. Is all get up Look out for here, rabbits. Man. Yeah. And you'll find deer. Yeah, dude. And, and, it, and glassing proper. You said it, man. A lot of people, they just go out and start glassing. It's like, no, dude, grid, grid that mountain. I oh, mean, yeah. there's a proper way and an improper way. And everybody, I'm sure, knows this already, but, dude. You can glass a mountain and go, no, nah, there's nothing there. And your buddy knows what he's doing. He's like, well, dude, there's two deer bedded. And, you know, I just oh, saw yeah. an ear flicker. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, dude, take but, your time. And glass constantly. The dude. spots that you hunt, go out and glass because All you start to see where they like to hang out on that certain mountain, in that right. certain canyon. There's areas that they want to be in. Yep. It was like when me and you were at the end of the season, A22 mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Like, dude, we, we were picking deer out of spots that you wouldn't even think they'd be there. Yeah. And, and it, we actually saw a lot of deer that yeah, day. Yeah, we did. We, yeah, yeah. It was, there's a lot of deer in there, man. And it, it's, you just got to keep your eyes tuned up. You know what I mean? True. Without a doubt. Dude, uh, 
for the new hunter or someone that wants to get involved right, in archery, like I always say, like time in the field is most important. You know, because if you watch YouTube or if you're paying attention to the hunting industry, all they do is pump flagship bows, flagship gear, the best boots. You know, and sure. we get we get questions, Bruce, all the time. I, I shit you not, dude. Like, hey, what kind of boots do you run? What pack? Do you, what pack should I get? I'm looking at this XO Mountain Gear, this 5600, and it's like a 900 dollar pack, bro. But it, and it's they don't. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I feel I bad for saying like, yeah, get that stuff. Because you don't, you know what I mean. I don't want someone to go out and dump five. Well, if you grand. don't have a budget, go for it, man. Well, right, and that's <laughs> generally is that's what I say. Well, how much money you got to spend, right? You know, but if if someone came to you and was like, Bruce, you know what, I got a thousand bucks, dude. What kind of bow do I get? That's the first question I ask anybody that comes in. They, hey, I want to get into archery. That's a common question. I'm like, sweet man, where's your wife not going to kill you and then yeah. come looking for me, right? Because we all, we're all, almost all of us are married here. Oh, we all are. Yeah, I'm married, married now. Yeah, I'm married. Married. Oh, Brian's married. got seven kids. Seven kids. Dang, no, Breeder, no. give me some on that. No, but no. You know you can practice, <laughs> no, I'm right? Two kids. <laughs> so everybody understands that. But you know, I, I always ask guys on a bow. You know, what do you want to do with it? What's your projections? I mean, you know, because you can get a Maserati or you can buy a starter package for 429 bucks loaded. Right. That $429 bow is going to outshoot a new shooter any day of the week. It's going to get him started, you know, mm-hmm. if that's his budget. Now, if a guy comes in, I'm going to push his budget to the limit on a bow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you not? Right, right. Um, but, like I said, a new guy, any bow in this shop is going to outshoot him just for the simple fact, the technology behind it, and he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, mm-hmm. if I put that same bow in any one of your three guys' hands, you're going to be held back a little bit, right? Right. So, that's what I kind of base it on, man. Budget. Where do you want me to take you? I'll take you. Right. But, you know, we're going to show you how to shoot it. We're going to set the peep, get your first pin sighted, windage elevation. When you leave here, you're going to know what you're doing. And then big thing for me, because we throw a little bit more than a metric ton of shit at you, right? Right. He's going to forget half of it, or she's going to forget half of it. It doesn't matter. It's just too much to retain. So 150 shots, they're going to break the string in, bring the bow back. I want to reseat the string, get the peep straight, check the cams, make sure everything's good, and check the shooter over. I mean, right. and 90% of the time they're fudging on their anchor or they're punching the trigger, their nose is off the side or they're mm-hmm. gripping the bow, whatever it might be. But it's just a re-entry into, okay, dude, let's work on this, this, and this. Right. And it really helps improve their game. You know, back to the beginning of, dude, I want to see you get the most out of this. Because, you know, like 3D shoots, right? I, just, I love 3D shoots. I love going out. I think it's great practice for all of us. 100%. Advanced hunters, beginners, whoever, it doesn't matter. You're, you're practicing angles, a little bit of fatigue from hiking three miles, pulling arrows, having fun, distractions. Um, but I, I just think there's there's so much there to be had. But when a guy goes out that I've shown how to shoot, and a year later he kicks my ass in a 3D, you know, of course we're guys, we're going to razz each other. And I'm like, dude, badass, you just whooped my ass. That, dude, that's like a feather in my cap. Right. Dude, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy about that. Absolutely. So, that's badass. And friends holding each other accountable, too. And, like, anyone who buys a bow, they're buying a bow because one of their friends has a bow. Correct. So if you're shooting with a new shooter, pay attention to them, too. Help them out as much as you can. Right. And I, I always say, like, you know, just because you've been shooting a bow for years doesn't mean you can't improve. No one's perfect. Right? That's why when I come down here, I get my bow tuned and whatever. Just like, shoot it. You know? It, like you said, you know, you, you, you find the flaws in people shoot. You know, the technique drops. And, and it's we all get lazy. We're complacent. I mean, there's no, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. It's going to happen. Sure. And, and it's self-discipline to be able to correct that stuff and stay up on it. So I like coming in here and getting my form checked. You know what I mean? Like, I always try to practice good form. 
Absolutely. Like that's going to start everything off right. If your form is straight, you know, dudes, dudes draw their bow differently, you know, and, and all that. Maybe shoulders hurt, shoulders don't hurt, whatever. People stand differently. Some people walk like ducks, all that stuff. But when they come in and they work with you, you're able to kind of see that and kind of like when I first came in and started shooting here, like you tuned my bow for the first time, like I thought I was shooting perfect. I mean, I put together groups good, but, you know, I always would have issues later. Like, why is my bow? Why am I shooting to the right? My bow's tuned. You know what I mean? Like why? And then it's it all boils back down to form for me, man. Right. So I just got I try to stay up, but I shoot all the time. You know what I mean? So I'm an every other <clears throat> every other day shooter. I uh, and I try to tell guys when they get into bows because it's kind of like the uh, first time you've ever had sex in your life. You want to do it all the time, right? So you get a new bow and it's <laughs> like, <"Woo!" laughs> and it's like, dude, I'm gonna shoot, 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 and I get oh, I shot 90 arrows. It's like, dude, go to the gym after 40. You just you're picking up bad habits. You know, mm-hmm. go right. out and shoot quality, not quantity. And uh, that that's a hard thing for some guys to swallow. But you're giving that muscle group a break. You'll shoot better if you shoot every other day and shoot. Like you said, I'd rather have you guys shoot 30 awesome arrows than here's my first 20 or bitching and the next 15 suck. You know what I mean? I had that same problem, man. I remember I came in uh, after I started hanging around with Kyle, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Nick's cousin. Yep. And uh, he had that old assassin, yep. Bowtech assassin. I picked it up and I fell in love with archery. I just wanted to get a bow. So I came in. And I got the carbon icon, yep. and I shot it for a few months. And then, uh, for some reason, like my groups were good. Three months in, I'm getting bad. Like they're getting horrible. So I come back in, and then uh, I remember you guys started calling me Anchor Brian because <laughs> my anchor was on my bottom of my chin, behind my ear, on my ear. And that doesn't affect your rear sight at all. <laughs> well, man, it was affecting something because I was shooting all over the place. Yeah, yeah it was just one of those things, like you. Like you say, when go, you know, break your, what was it 90 arrows you said? No, 150. Break, or 150, breaking your strings, make sure you guys come back so yeah. you can keep that form straight. Yeah. Bruce was, said shoot 200 arrows and come back. I was back the next day. Right? <laughs> He's like, are you serious right now? Absolutely. He's like, yeah, of course, man. <laughs> you know, of course. <laughs> Tim Cole's the fiend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bruce, would you, with one of these bows right behind us right here, mm-hmm. one of these uh, starter packages, if you if you had an individual come in and be like, look, you know, say it's January, like, hey, you know what, all my buddies, they hunted last year, you know, whatever, I want to hunt, you know, and we got some property or I got a stand I can hunt or whatever. You'd send them out with something like that if they had enough enough practice under them and, and they mean like sh- buy the bow and go hunt that weekend? No, 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 I'm saying like buy the bow, practice all year and then go with it. Sure, man, why would you not? Yeah. The first, no, first deer I ever shot was with a Bear Authority, a $300 mm-hmm. package bow. And Bruce, yeah. Bruce is like, you're out shooting your bow. And I said, well, that's fine. Once I kill a deer with this bow, yeah. we'll talk about a we'll new bow. Up. Yeah. And I think, what, a few days after that, I showed up to buy a new bow. You did. Yeah. yeah. And we prettied it up with oh, every yeah. color under the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Neon pink and green. <laughs> yeah, man. I love- uh, you know, I mean, like we talked about earlier, I think, uh, oh, hell, what was the name of that guy? Uh, I just drew a blank. Anyhow, a phenomenal shooter. I'll think of his name later. He picked up a Jennings Carbon Extreme. That was my first high-end bow I bought out of high school, right? And I was broke as a joke. I think I ate Top Ramen for a month, but I had a badass bow. Right, right. right. So he picks this Jennings Carbon Extreme up, and he's just painting a, a baseball-sized group at 80 with it once he got the sights on it. And it's just, it goes to show, you know, don't get me wrong, it's just easier with new equipment, mm-hmm. smoother draw, deader, bigger valley, blah, blah, blah. But the point of it is, is the guy's just not a stud shooter. I mean, because of his bow, he's just, a stud shooter. He's just a, he he's a shooter. It, he right. If so, you're a shooter, you're a shooter. He's doing it with a bow from the late 80s, early right. 90s. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Right. I, I The reason why I brought that up, 
you know, as far as like, would you send somebody out there? It's because, you know, there's like a, you know, I think generally speaking, like it's human nature to kind of doubt your own equipment, like just to doubt everything you have. You know, I think a lot of people doubt a lot and I don't want people starting out to think like, oh, they come in here and spend five, 600 bucks with you. Like, oh, is that going to be good enough to go out? Like, yeah, it will be. Absolutely. You know, the tech, like you said, that bow right there is going to outshoot any beginner hunter or beginner shooter. Well, Jason, he got that amp bow right there. Oh, dude, that's a great bow. And now what he did, and this is what I tell guys, look, you're, you're not going to know the difference if you put a long, heavy stabilizer, a dropway arrow rest. You're not going to know the difference as a new right. shooter. Now, Jason came in, took that package off little by little by little by little, and now I think he's probably got more money into mm-hmm. the stuff he put on this bow than the bow costs yeah. itself, mm-hmm. which, just like a rifle, right? Same thing. You want X amount in your rifle, but double that on your scope. Correct. So it's the same premise right in an archery yeah. like, gear. What about the Bowtech fuel? Carly has a Bowtech fuel. And before I had a backup bow, uh, I always thought to myself, if something happened to my bow, I'd take it down here, let Bruce crank it up to 70, get the pin sided in, and I'd take it out hunting the next day. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a great shooting bow. I sh- yeah. I've shot it just as much as she has. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a what? $400 package bow, maybe? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd hunt with that all day if my bow broke. Yeah. I'm not going to miss a season. Uh, and that's why I'm saying, like, I just don't want people to think, like, oh, you need to go out. If you're a beginner archer, you've never shot a bow before. You don't need to go spend 1500 bucks. And then, and don't get me wrong, I get the guy that comes in, and, says, and I'm that guy. Even before I owned the shop, I was that guy. I'm a buy once, cry once guy. You know, mm-hmm. my rifle, my scopes, my pistols. My, Your truck. My, well, no, <laughs> that's been, like, the fourth one. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> so you know what I mean? I just... I, you get, you get the guy that says, I don't want to spend the money twice. And so he just blows his wad and he learns with that. And that's what he, that's what he shoots. But yeah. You get the common dude that says, dude, I got a wife, 11 kids. Yep. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And just says, I want to get into the sport and you can upgrade all the stuff that goes on it and just take that thing to the next level. And then once you save up some money and want to go, go you make buy the what you want, but dude. Building up all the, the things you need to go hunting. So like I bought an Amazon Alps pack. Yeah. I bought just regular boots from Big Five. And guess what? I was going out there and hunting and affording the gas to go out and hunt tags and killing deer. Yeah. So you don't need all the best stuff. Just get out there and start hunting. And then after that, but the buy once, cry once, I went through like six sets of binos before I finally bought a nice pair of razors for <laughs> oh, yeah. and so i could have bought two pairs of razors mm-hmm. with how many binos i've bought and broke so yeah, the buy happens. once cry once now makes a whole lot of sense to me it does but as far as getting everything you need to go hunting you can cheap out on some things but now that, now that i've paid bruce for the pack i that like thing, that thing it is way. amazing <laughs> it is amazing so that's one thing i'll never go cheap on again as a pack so there's two things i don't i do not go cheap on boots because you're on them and pack you know i Timmy knows, like, I've got a huge problem with backpacks. I got, like, a mountain in my garage, and my wife always gives me a hard time. I'm like, well, go look in the closet at your shoes, right? right? It's the same difference. It is. But my point is, dude, that pack that I just, I went too big, and I wish I wouldn't have, I wish, I love that pack for what it is, that Kafaru, mm-hmm. but it was just bigger than what I needed. But That'll get me in the mountains for three it? or four days, though. That's the good thing about to, it. It's perfect what? for me. I can, oh, go dude, camp, a, I can go camp oh, out Oh, you it. bought his? Yeah. Is it the 44? Yeah, oh, you bought the it's, Magnum? It's the big one. So I went to the Sheep yeah. Show, and they'll it's, let you load up the pack with a 50, a 75, or a 100-pound sandbag. Yeah, you yeah. Go, go have fun. Here's your driver's license. Come back when you're done, and you got your fill. And I did the XO, that pack, and uh, Mystery Ranch, I think it was. Right. And that Kafaro is just, it rode well, and I swallowed the pill of, because it, it's a five-day pack. Your, your, your camp's on your back. Mm-hmm. Just what I need. And I was like, and then I got the XO, and I was like, gosh, damn. 
man, I, I can get three days out of this, but it's just not as big. So what Timmy was looking for is that pack frame right. pack. It's, it is a damn. I, I mean, I remember pulling it back out and I put it on. I'm like, gosh, dang, I'm going to. He was second guessing. I'm going to screw Timmy right. here, man, because I'm going to keep that thing. Dude. Right, right. <laughs> he sent me home with a sandbag and I wore it around the house for like two hours and I felt like I wasn't even. Wasn't yeah, learning anything. It just, you just, and so that hunt, the pig hunt was coming up, and I'm like, well, I'm buying this thing regardless. I mean, even if he changes his mind, I'm still buying it from him. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. put slide cash under the door. Yeah, and walk away. And it was yeah. amazing. Like, we had that thing loaded up, and it, my, my Alps pack, man, it would make my back bleed from the would digging it? into my back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So The pack just rides nice, It right? rides so good. You know, but that that's the kind of stuff that's like cutting your teeth. Like you buy an Alps pack, it made you bleed, right? It make you but back I still, bleed. But I dude, still packed out a couple javelina. Exactly, deer. and that's what I'm saying. It and just hurt to do it. Yeah, yeah, you're cutting your teeth, dude, and that's what we all kind of go through when we start out hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, when it's kind of uh, it's kind of like when you get in a fight, win or lose, you're kind of like you have like a natural respect for the other dude, mm-hmm. right? Like, fuck, I either won or I lost, and hey, man, he fought me or he whipped my ass. Like one of the one of the two, right? So there's always that natural respect. It's kind of like the same thing as like a brotherhood or sisterhood in hunting, right? As outdoors men and women and hunting, like we all have that general respect for each other. Like that dude's had some weight on his back. He's cut his teeth, you know, and like going through the steps, like with shitty gear going up, you know what I mean? And it's like, uh, yeah, my if, first hunting pack was a Jan sport. Yeah. And it's like, because you went through that process, like when right. you talk about, Hey man, I got a Kafaru now. I'm like, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, or not knows what he's doing, but he, he understands like, dude, right. the hardship that can go along with having, uh, not the best gear, but it didn't matter if you had the best gear. You got out. Right. It's like with you, Timmy. Oh, that, you know, that Alps pack. It didn't matter. You were still packing out game. You didn't need a Kafaru pack. Brian didn't need an XO pack. You know what I mean? He didn't need all this stuff. Made I mean, it work. I yeah. Love it. It, it, it's kind of like, it's just the general brotherhood that we have in regards to just being outdoors men and women when you come up from the bottom. You know right. what I mean? Absolutely, I do. And, it, and it's just, I don't ever look at anybody that doesn't have the best gear because I I still don't run Zamberlands or Crispies or anything. I would like to, and I'm fixing to grab myself a pair of Crispies here pretty quick. But, uh, dude, I run $100 Bass Pro boots. And like you said, there's things that you don't go cheap on like your boots. Dude, I go cheap on my boots. I don't really have issues with my feet. Which I want to talk about boots because I need to get boots because I blew mine out and I wore cowboy boots on that pig hunt. Oh, <laughs> the ones I always see you in? Mm-hmm. Are you out of your mind? Tim yeah, is a savage. He was still blowing us in the dust. Yeah. <laughs> nice, Timmy Coles. <laughs> Timmy Coles is a savage, dude. Well, look at him, dude. He doesn't need to take the chain link fence down. He just steps over it. I know. Yep. <laughs> I can appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, that's cool, dude, man. But the boots, I mean. I want to talk about boots. I need to figure out a good pair of boots, but I accidentally just bought a camp trailer and a pack, so it's going to well, be a little I mean, while before I get boots. Well, you you know what's funny about boots, man? I used to be, I think you just got a new pair, right? The leather with the Zambies. Yeah. They're nice, dude, and I used to be that. Got to have a leather boot with the rubber. And I mean, you talked about this. And then I, on my elk hunt, he's a good bull and he was deep and it was steep. And I, I, I wore a pair of, uh, I think they were either ultras or Hoka. It's their boot style, but it's that tennis shoe with a, with a shank in it. Right. Mm-hmm. The Hoka's Dude, have that. It, it handled everything I threw at it more. Uh-huh. No ankle roll. You know, and I start, I started thinking, I'm like, gosh, damn, you know, sometimes in my leather boots, I feel like I'm walking in a ski boot real stiff and mm-hmm. which I found to be noisier you know you go over a rock and you're going over a rock whereas the boots i had on it was like you go over the rock and it engulfs it in it your engulfs foot it, yep and it's a quieter boot your feet don't fatigue they're my two boots weigh the same weight as one of my leather boots and i 
I, I don't know. I started thinking it through, and I'm like, hey, you see the boots I wear in Arizona. I mean, they're they're a tennis shoe style boot, but you just don't need it. I mean, if I think if you start hunting sheep or some of that gnarly country, you might need some of that ankle support. But I think, I think you just need that lighter weight boot is what's worked well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really well for yeah. me. I agree. That's one of the reasons why I like. I think they're like bass pro, bass pro explorers or something like that. I mean, I swear they're like a hundred dollars. I I mean, they last me three seasons. Every pair I get, they've lasted me three seasons. They're waterproof. They got a little Gore-Tex in them. Right. They they got a bunch of thin silate in it, like two hundred grams. So it's more than enough for anything I do. And they last and they work and they they've always treated me well. That's why I've ran with them. Now the reason why I feel as if I want to up the game on my boots is because a I want a set of boots like I'm kind of nostalgic about certain things like my pack I don't want to get rid of my pack because it's been the pack ever since the first year I've been hunting I, I bought a uh you don't know this but I bought an Everly stock f1 mainframe nice. and I transformed a pack I'm going to switch the pack out but the mainframe it's like I've packed out a bunch of animals. I don't want to get rid of it. Sure. But I, I kind of want to look at my boots that way too, you know? Like I go through a set of boots all the time, every three seasons or whatever. You really don't wear your hunting boots all the time. You know, like... I don't. Yeah. When you're hunting, yeah, but in a course of a year, you don't. Maybe a month, you know? So, I mean, I I see all my buddies, they got boots. Like Brian Zamlin's going to last them forever. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of nostalgic about it, and, and I feel like they're a piece of me. You know, I don't really want to get rid of my pack even though you guys are like running like the best stuff on the market. And I know when I put Brian's on my back, that XO, I'm like, damn, this is a nice pack. It's a beautiful pack. But I, I love that thing. But I'm like, I don't want to get rid of it because it's been with me. You know? <laughs> you got I, blood spilled on dude, it. Dude, it's like it's been with me the whole time. And and I didn't grow up hunting and I didn't I didn't grow up in a culture of hunting. So like for me, everything I've accomplished is like, dude, it's like a I almost carry around like chip on my shoulder. It's weird. I don't <laughs> a trophy. Know, I don't know. It's weird, dude. <laughs> what What was your experience when you came from Idaho down to California? Your very first hunting experience. You went out in the field looking for game. Well, my first experience, and it hit me. This is going to sound <laughs> stupid, but I just went to get a hunting license, and they're like, "Do you have a hunter education card?" I'm like, "A what?" Yeah, I just I've hunted my whole life, and it's like I need a what? So I had to take hunter education and all that stuff for the state of California, and but going out here. It's just like we talked earlier. It's a quarter of the game and quadruple the people. So, and it's and it verts back to I, I tip my hat. You know, I get guys coming here all the time. Like, oh, I just shot a doe, and I'm like, yeah, you know, dude, that is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, and guys, that's what kind of pisses me off nowadays. It's with the culture we've had with social media and hunting television and everything. Everything's got to be that 170 or 180 or 100, just massive buck and 32 buddies out spotting for you and. And I don't know, man. That's where I kind of just go back to, dude, I'm out in the woods for a reason. Number one, I just want to turn my brain off and become part mm-hmm. of the, part of nature. And, you know, if I see a big fat doe and we've got fat doe populations, you know, when you're seeing 30, 40 does and four bucks a year, something's off, dude. You know, yeah. I'd rather kill a big fat dry doe than just a baby barely forked out branched horned antlered buck. Yeah. Just, I, th- I think we owe it to the woods to kind of be the managers. I mean, that's what hunters do, manage our woods. So, yeah, it it was a trip to come from there to here. It really was. How was it your first time you went out? Chaos. I mean, I, I went, I think I told you this, three or four years hunting in the Lagunas because that's all I knew when I first moved here. You know, it's, oh, forest. And there was half the hunters back then and half the hikers, but still. Half went, the bow hunters. Yeah, dude. I went three or four years. I never killed shit. 
Right. I mean, and, and I'm like, hey, you'd see him or you'd have close calls or you'd get winded or whatever it might be. And you're just learning the woods. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. I blew that because of this. It's just a different style. You know what I mean? Because right. it, it, it is a different hunt up there. It's louder. It's, you know, when time calls, you need to set a stand or, or a ground blind that you've built or what have you. Because you always, and you see it, you see it, you see it, you know, you'll be in there cuddled in, everything's quiet, and you can hear yourself fart, and it sounds like, oh my gosh, I just blew 12 deer out. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get that guy that thinks he's being sneaky, and you can hear him coming from 300 yards away. Like and you walking. can smell his nose jammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hear him blowing it on himself on the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah dude. So it's just like, dude, really, you're not, you just need to hunt for what's thrown at you and learn how to hunt it proper. Right. So, I, when did you start venturing from California to other states to, to hunt mule deer with a bow? About five years after I started here, I uh, I got this wild hair in my butt. I did, I'm like, dude, I want to kill a javelina. You know, everybody talks about God made javelina for bow hunters. And it's just bitching that I think there's three states in the union that have javelina and that's it. And I'm like, oh, Arizona's the closest one. So I just opened up the regs. I'm like, well, if they're giving out this many tags in this hunt zone number, it's got to be the best spot because they're giving out a crap load of tags, right? So I'm like, yep, I'll go with that. And then back in the day, used to be able to get it. I got a, hey, congratulations on your draw. If there's anything we can do to help you, it was Seek and Sneak Outfitters, right? And I thought, well, I'll just call this guy and talk with him a bit. And turned out to be my best friend. Now we've hunted together for, he was with me on my elk hunt 19, 20 years now. Jeff, you met mm-hmm. Jeff. And he's just, he's the best hunter I've ever met, but he's just a good dude. When you first talk to a guy on the phone and, you hang up and it's an hour and 45 minutes later. You're like, holy crap. And Time just, flew. Dude, you're just talking about, like we talked earlier, it's a brotherhood. We just started talking hunting. So the first year I went out and it was chump change hunt. Learned a little bit. And then he called me back and he goes, hey, dude, let's just hunt together, man. He goes, if I accept money from you, then I, you know, then I'm a guide and I can't hunt. He goes, and I just, we kind of click. Let's just go hunt. I'm like, dude, I'd love to the next year. And ever since then, man, we just, we hunt. And yeah. he's a going some bitch. I mean. You met yeah. him, Timmy. He's just a good dude, and he kills big crap. I mean, mm-hmm. but that's, yeah, so that's, once I found over there, it's just, it's my favorite. It's my most physical hunt, but it's my favorite hunt, man. I mean, yeah. you're covering country, and I like it because, and you can testify to this, and you haven't really hunted Arizona. You dabbled in it a little bit. Everybody's got a side-by-side or a quad or a truck, and I don't even know sometimes, well, you know, why do these guys have camo on? I mean, right. that's all they do all day long is just road hunt and road shoot hunt. something off the side of the hunt or the road, which, you know, I get if you're old and decrepit and can't move. Cool, man. You're out in the, doing your thing, but dude, park and hike, get out and explore. The and, things you see in Arizona, dude, if you go over a couple of ridges is unreal. And you're right. You're not going to see shit until you get out and hump a hill. And, and it's something we always chuckle about. It's like, oh, dude, they're just over the next ridge. Oh, they're just over the next ridge. And sure shit, 90% of the time, they're over the next ridge. They right? are. Yeah. Right. You ne- the big ones are never close just standing there for you. You just put down a tank last January, man. Yeah, I got pretty lucky with that, man. That was a great hunt. Oh, yeah. Let's hear that story. How'd that go? Oh, man, I closed my ear, eyes and punched the trigger. And <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Home, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it was a good. It was a good spot in stock in real open country. Um, Timmy kind of knows where I was at. Um just super open country so he's chasing a doe he moves i move he stops i stop and hide behind whatever was there to hide behind um kept moving and just moving and moving and moving and kind of went up in that little draw and she bedded down and he bedded down i was like no way dude it's just i never get that lucky so finally just put the little hill between me and him and i could see their shadow and she 
kind of milled out a little bit and I arranged her and I was like, oh crap. So I just stayed there and stayed there and stayed there and she milled out and then went back and milled out. And then finally she milled out and I saw him get up. So I arranged her again. As soon as I saw his shadow coming in his nose, I just went to draw and held and waited. That's about it in a nutshell, man. Just yeah. Put an arrow behind where it needed Pinwheel to be beautiful He's a tank, buck. man. Tank. He's a pretty deer. He's. He, Is that your big? You know, I. Uh, he's just old. He's he's. Is he gonna score for shit? No, but it, I think you said it earlier. I could really give a crap about yeah. scoring. Yeah. It doesn't just matter. like you were saying that that buck right there. Oh, I love that buck, dude. He's not going to score for shit, but I don't mm-hmm. care. He's just – he's got another main beam coming out. He's like that buck. I don't care. He He's yeah. not going to score for crap, but he's just freaking heavy. He's just one of my proudest deer. Yeah. He's just massive. And old, when you kill an old bastard like that with no teeth in the back and you crap it, it's just – he's just a cool buck to me. Dude, that, you, amazing, you killed that deer in the most humane way. Yeah. I was going to lie. Well, I'll put it this – I mean, how else would he have died? Oh, yeah, on that you aspect, I mean? sure. Like, that's – you you were – you were that deer savior in a sense. Like, dude, that thing would have died a horrible death. Yeah, that's slow. Coyotes. And there's a lot of coyote out there. God yeah. damn. They but. eat them alive, dude. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you poke them behind the shoulder and they go down in 15, 20 seconds or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a shitty thing, but part of the deal. And that's or, where we or, are, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But he had a good life, man. I mean, he's feeding me. He ate good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're out there, right? I love it. Yeah, absolutely. What, what day did you shoot that on? Because I remember, I think I was at work when I got a text from you. And oh, I about, Timmy, I don't even know, man. I think I, I, about I had to spell check the text to you like 16 times because I, <laughs> I was shaking. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't even know. It was. I got one picture, and then all of a sudden, I was like, no, no, no. You can't stop there. More. <laughs> yeah, more. 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 Well, it's kind of those things, you know what I mean? You take your... And I think I said this on my my elk when I killed it. You know, after all the hugs are done and the high fives, and it's like, all right, now now the work the work starts. starts. Start work breaking starts. them down, getting them up in a tree, and but it's just that's part of the hunt. And dude, what? And I think I told you this, Timmy. What kind of made me chuckle? <laughs> it's hot as balls. Look at that guy. <laughs> oh my god! I was gonna, dude. Look at that. What camo is that, man? Oh, that's ASAT. You know what that's happens when you wear ASAT? Things die. <laughs> Things die. Everybody's like, dude, you know what cracks me up about that? I posted that up, and everybody's like, dude, old school camo. I'm like, dude, I love ASAT. It's, it's, it's my favorite camo. It just so breaks up. It's rad, man. You you clearly, you clearly, uh, you know, are a practitioner of your craft. Ah, oh, man, I just love being out there. I've, the way I look at it, man, you can't kill them sitting on the couch. No. And the more days you're out there, the better your odds get. Right. Right. That's the happy the you is. are generally too. But how how much better do you guys feel when you get out and you hunt and the day's done and you're like, dude, that was a bitching day. Whether you killed or not, it's just yeah. a oh, yeah. bitching day in the woods. Yeah. Going and seeing way. animals, being with animals you know, out in their environment. There's nothing nothing that can touch it. Yeah, it can get frustrating. Oh, but that's well, part yeah. of it. Sure. <laughs> that's without a doubt part of it. It's like it's the end of every season. Like when we really in Southern California, I mean, if you guys play your tags right and you hunt locally, dude, you can you can hunt a long time. I don't know about this year because of the way a22 and d16 are both premium. premium now but we'll see how that all plans out or pans out in august and see if you'll be able to grab both of them but last year and every year prior of my hunting dude if you played it right you could literally hunt from september to december 31st yep. right? with like a week gap in there which that gives you a lot of time to hunt but it also gives you a lot of time to be frustrated you know and when you have such a long season i've always been like oh i want to have long seasons right long seasons are good because you can hunt all the time but long seasons are bad also because every time you go out and you don't see anything, it's one more notch on the frustration level. You know what I mean? And if you're a guy that subside, like, is susceptible to frustration and you can't get past that and you can't persevere through that kind of stuff, then, yeah, you're going to end up having a shitty season. Right. But 
generally speaking. January 15th comes around, you know, and you're like, fuck, season needs to come quick enough. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you give it two weeks after December 31st, and your ass is already waiting for the next season to come around. (laughs) That is it, period. So, I I mean, that, without a doubt, that's how it rolls. And and like I've said, man, San Diego has broke me a handful of times where I'm like, I've missed you. F this. I've missed you, like, third day of season, fourth day of season. And I was so stoked about missing a deer, just being out and, and having the opportunity. Yeah. Because they don't come very often out here. No, they don't. But it, it's still exciting. It's still a success. You release an arrow. Yep. Or, you, or you, you know, you let a round go at one. And you may, if you miss, you miss. But that just, that means you're it, doing something right. Dude, if you miss, that means you did everything right except put that animal down. Yeah. Dude. You did everything right. And then you get that point, right? Like, oh, I think I blasted you a picture. Opening day. I was like, okay. I can get three and a half hours of hunting in before I have to get to the shop. Five fat does. And I'm just like, gosh, damn it, 25 yards. I'm like, okay, do I want to get rid you of this You sent me a picture, and I said, shoot it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoot it. I mean, but in your head, right, you're yeah. just like, because I get an AO and an A22, so I get that season. Yeah. It's like, dude, do I want to be done? Wow, A22, well, oh, I'm going to miss rut. Then, oh, you know what I mean? And you play this whole game, and you're like, Nah, wait. <laughs> yeah. And it could come full Dude, circle but, and kick you right in the ass, too, because you waited. Yeah, and it has. But, but if you've did. got a full freezer, um, yeah. then wait it out. If you don't have a full freezer, send Dude, it. Let it rip. Oh, so I agree, 100%. It, it was man. funny, man. I was I was sitting there texting Brian. Our stand is, uh, you need a Garmin or, like, a satellite communicator. You have no service. I'm, like, sitting there. Dude, I got dozed down here. He's like, ah. Uh, it was, like, September. Like, man, I kind of want to wait for them bucks to come back. And, like, that's oh, not even the rut. What's going to happen? Needless to say, I didn't shoot the does or does that were in there at the time. Um, kicked me right in the ass because I didn't kill Because towards the, the end of the yeah. season. You're you like, were, where are these does? Gosh, towards the end of the it. season, we went glassing together, yeah. and you went and stalking that doe. Yeah. I'm like, if, if you're, if you, you know, you're going to go after it the last day, kill it on, on the first. Do it on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And that, that's, I, I, mean, I think I find yeah. backstrap marinates a shitload better than a deer tag. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I 100% <laughs> agree. And, and I tried I can, it last year. My deer tag tastes like ass. Dude, yeah, right? <laughs> I, Not I, the I right broth. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. man. It's, it's without a doubt, though. If you have an opportunity, man, especially Southern California, you should probably let it fly, you know? In a, in a manageable way, right? Yeah. Correct. Dude, Correct. Dude, don't, don't kill no spork. You know right. what I mean? Let that thing grow. It, I mean, if we could put a three-point, and this is a conversation that we've had. Yeah. If you could put a three-point limitation in this town, dude, we'd grow some great bucks. I mean, you go to State Park and just sit there and drool. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, the deer, because there's no pressure. It's like, no, because you can't kill these deer and let them become mature deer. I mean, right. dude, we got some great genetics down so here. So we've had Steve Trigliato's been on, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, like, all in tight with biologists and whatnot, and, and he truly believes there's different genetics throughout San Diego, which we all know there is. I mean, you go to the state park, you look at the genetics up there. I don't care on Mindenhall Valley, you ain't getting the same genetics on Mindenhall Valley as you are in the state park. It's just right. not happening. I mean, there's some stories behind it and whatnot that I, you know, if you guys are interested in that, make sure you go back and check out San Diego Deer Hunting with Steve Trigoliato, part one, two, and three. Big plug, shameless. But, uh, dude, like, there's on MCC, there's like five year old forkies. Hmm. Forkies. That, that's what kind of my dream deer. Well, I, I love the Forkies. It's <laughs> your logo. I, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But but the thing about it is on MCC you can't shoot a Forky. There's a it's uh, or, or a two or, by or three or a doe with or an A twenty two. Right, exactly. So I was a member of that for a year, and I wanted to hunt that desert rim. And they said, "No, you have to hunt it during rifle season." I'm like, "Okay, dude, I'm out then." And then I'm like, "Dude, you guys have a thousand does." 
can we harvest does? Nope. I'm like, geez, old peak. Oh, I didn't know you couldn't shoot a doe with a I bow tag. either. No, really? That's, that's why I didn't join. I was going to join just so I could go coyote hunt out there. Yeah, dude. Deer that, hunt, turkey hunt. Dude, me and, me and one of my buddies, my good hunting, well, he's like a mentor to me. He specifically wants that membership. And I'm like, dude, we got to get a corporate membership. We're going to pay five grand for freaking coyotes. Like just because of the, the you can bring someone with and mm-hmm. you can nail them year round, you know? Right. But anyways, long story short, uh, I really want to join it, but just to have the access, right? And if you can kill one deer in there, kill one deer. Great. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not a cheap membership. I think it's three grand for a single. Right. But if you can't kill a doe, I mean, I'd be real pissed. <laughs> if you go to the VID property, if you if you get to go and take the tour, it, it is beautiful. You know it what is. I'm talking about? It's gorgeous. But dude, literally there was a, a herd of 30 plus doe, just does. I'm like, holy crap. And then another herd of 15 just does. And then like one fork and horn and one two by three. And I know for a fact they got good bucks in there because I've seen one I think yeah. it was three years ago that I can't remember who shot it. Maybe it was Mendenhall. Somebody shot that. Yeah. It was a Mendenhall. Yeah. Dandy buck. And it's just like, dude, that, that's great. But, you know, I mean, if you're counting 40, 50 does and then seeing two or three bucks, you know, back to there's got to be, there's only so much food. Right. We go through summers that are hell in here and it dries everything up. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so much. There's got to be a management balance. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, try to go back and forth with guys that come in here. It's like, dude. I I feel like the forky genetic on public land is like too dominant for for that, anything to come for through. there to be a three point rule. I, that's just the way I feel. Ninety percent of the bucks you get on camera are forkies. Now does that go back to the genetic thing, right? That's so what I feel. Blacktail mule deer cross or Southern California burrow deer. So blacktail is a predominant two point deer. Right. I I think that like you'll get if you state you know, state park up there, Quimaca, you get bucks of drop tines, dude. Right. Like, I mean you're talking you get you, you yeah you're they drop kaibab, dude. Yeah, that's pretty much like, I don't know if it's folklore or if it's actual fact. I know Steve talked about it and was like, dude, there's kaibab deer were dropped off in San Diego. Were they the County. ones that were on the the island with the Ma- elk? That maybe, they up? maybe that they had come, maybe. Yeah, I heard they dropped them on Santa Rosa. Yeah, no, Santa Rosa was kaibab deer and elk. Right. Dude, and, and anyways, there's definitely genetics in State Park that is not homegrown San Diego genetics. When you see a 140-inch deer with a drop tine, now, dude, is that genetics or is that because dude, nobody's able to kill these things for dude, a mature eight or nine years? There are too many lions in San Diego County oh, to dude. tell me that those deer aren't freaking dying, dude. Right. Like, they're dying up there. And and it ain't – I don't know. I feel like more lions kill bucks than – and I beat a dead horse. Dead horse, and I hate talking about it. But I feel like more lions kill more bucks a year than hunters do. I agree with the team. Period. 110%. So there's no way that those deer keep showing up up there with no pressure. They're getting pressured. They're getting smoked by lions, and they're still popping I physically watched a lion chase a doe across the freeway. I was right past the ranger's cabin right there. Yeah, right there, too. I saw two of them two months ago running across the road. Damn, dude. (laughs) Unbelievable. This lion was right on her ass. It didn't look like he got her, but I was like, Jeez, old peak, and that was in daylight, dude. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a number count on mm-hmm. lions. That's our biggest problem down here. I mean, let alone so. for the deer, for hell, the hunter that's walking in in the dark. Right, that's and, a hinky moment. And it, like you said, there you had you were on MCC, you saw a herd of thirty does. It's a lot of eyes. Mm-hmm. Does are pretty safe. Right. I mean, not to say they don't get smoked, but when they're when they're grouped up, they're pretty safe. Not that bachelor herd of bucks, though. 
Right, and you got three bucks together or four bucks together. I mean, yeah, that's still eyes, but that's not spread out over 100 yards and you got 11 does. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, there's definitely some pressure involved. And, in, in, like I said, I feel as if predators take out more deer than hunters in San Diego do yearly, no matter what. And And I just, I know genetics up there are way different than genetics in Alpine, bro. Sure. I mean, when was the last time you saw a 4 by 4 with a 6-inch kicker? You on know, Tim, on Tim's wall. Well, yeah. I know, right? Tim's wall. Where'd you get that? <laughs> I talk shit. Well, I drive right through Mac every day. <laughs> yeah. Joking, every everybody. But but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's you go up there on the right time. I mean, go do some glassing. Anyone that wants to get out and go train your eyes to see deer, go to Mac. Oh, you'll see him. Go, we, go. We just saw thirty deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It's it's it's. There's definitely some cool stuff up there. Yeah, no, you know, absolutely. And, and not to say that those genetics don't spread out. Because clearly they do. I mean, they're breeding. They're breeding does off Engineer Road. You know what I mean? And those does can move and go all over the place. And next thing you know, you're, you know, you got Vulcan Mountain, all that kind of stuff. So tons of deer come off of there too. That are tanks. That and you know what the crazy thing is? Deer come off these mountains that we don't see. Because like a guy like you, Bruce, like, or a guy like me, I don't post nothing. Right. You know, I mean, if Brian posts it's because he's like, hey, I'm gonna post this. All right, cool, but. There's tons of dudes out there that don't have social media and are straight killers, dude. Sure. Killers. Sure. Tanks. But that, that one trail cam I had set up, I only had two small bucks come in. The rest of the bucks that came in were really, really Good nice. bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, it happens. I mean, but me and Brian's, our trail cameras last year, tanks. Yeah. I mean, tanks, good deer. I mean, we weren't even we're close over there. We're way north, but dude, I mean, good deer. So genetics are there. You know, and, and that forky that I showed you, yeah, wide forkies, wide as his ears, clearly that's not a two-year-old deer. No, absolutely no, we, not. No, we have a smaller forky with that Roman nose and everything like that, mm-hmm. and he's only about, I would say, 16 inches tall. You know, the one of the mm-hmm. double yeah. eye guards? Yeah. And he's old, man. He's, he's old. Great face. He's got a big old, big old round nose, and he's like just a like a degress buck. And his yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Dude, he's yeah. wide. But he's, he's been like that for the last two years. Hmm. Yeah, dude. And, mm. and Is he shrinking from year to year? Mm, no. It, I think really. he's, he's he's holding, but he's old, like gray face, I'll Roman nose. Yeah, you got a picture. My phone's about to die. It's uh, it's pretty wild, dude. So genetically, you know, around here, there, it's it's kind of crazy how like, like we all hunt different spots in San Diego County. Like me and Brian are north. Timmy, you're like mid. You know, Bruce, you're south. Yep. You know, and in, I think generally, we're all having the same issues. Like, there's just not a lot of deer in San Diego. I agree with you. And There's you got, not. You got quadruple the amount of hunters. Yeah. And it, yeah. and I'm going to revert back to it's not just the hunters, man. I mean, dude, you got such a small, small area. I mean, let's, let's just call it out, Laguna Rec area. Dude, double the mountain bikers, double the hikers. I mean, dude, pressure's pressure is pressure. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's me and you guys in camo or a guy who Correct. can holler in with 12 of his buddies on mountain bikes or right. people out for a day hike. Pressure's pressure. Pressure's pressure. Those deer are going to go somewhere. There's oh. a lot of science. Oh, what's that, Timmy? No, I haven't found a big enough track of land yet. Like, I can hike in three miles to a deep canyon, and I'm two miles from the next road on yeah. the other side. So, mm-hmm. like, there's nowhere that you can really go <laughs> right. that you can get away from people. I mean, I've seen people in the deepest, darkest canyons that I haven't seen years prior. Right. Like, people are going it, hard. There's, no, there's really no secrets. Oh, no, no. There's nothing. Like, I, when I first started hunting, I seen all these dudes that were just killing deer. And I'd always be like, dude, where are they killing deer at? Like, and they're public land hunters. I'm like, where's this going down at? Because I'm not seeing any deer. The difference is, those guys go to that same canyon one time. Right. I go to that same canyon five times. Yeah. It's a death hike five different times. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I'm saying, like, 
Because, Sandy, there's no secrets anymore. No. Because, like you said, you walked in three miles, but you're two miles to the road on the other side. And, and I'm you running know? into people. Yeah. But you'll have that same group of people do it one time and, and blow themselves out. If you're mm-hmm. persistent and go into the same canyon over and over, guess yeah. what? You're, you're going to see the deer. Yeah, you'll see them. And I notice that a lot up on our mountain, right? First month, it's packed. Hunters. Mm-hmm. Second month, it's whittling out. Come winter time, it's cold. Everybody's burned out. They're not seeing anything. I, I'm just going to sleep in. That's, that's, that's when I, yeah, that's when I start going hard, 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 yeah. hard. You want to know what I think it has to do with? I, and I truly think, and I don't know if this is fact, but this is kind of what I believe. Deer season, archery season starts in preseason football. And then <laughs> regular season picks up. And then, you know, the days get shorter and they want to be home for the games. And then the season gets interesting. Teams are winning and losing. The playoff picture starts to develop. And the next thing you know, man, come into November or first part of November, man, everyone's like, Pfft. Done. Yeah, you see less and less people out. But I don't know. Last year, me and Brian, we were, we were seeing people all the time. Oh, yeah. Especially up where we were at, man. I was you know, like, we did, damn, dude. Dude, but whatever. I like I like the second half better anyways. Second half is the better. I have to get it done in the first half if I'm going to be hunting after work because the sun goes down yeah, later. Goes down. Yeah. And so when I get off work, I have time to get to a hunting spot and actually hunt. Mm-hmm. Like second season. Done. There's, I can't I, make it anywhere. I start to get scared in December, man. I'm like, fourth quarter, man, I'm cutting it yeah. close. <laughs> Starting to get scared. Yeah. It, that, that's why, that, like, with ju- that time we went out, I stuck that dough. It was so, like, we're, so, we're going crazy because we finally got it done. Yeah. I, that was rad, dude. I saw that video, cool. and I was just, I was so, I think it was Justin that showed it to me, and it was just, I was so pumped for you just to see mm-hmm. back to the, dude, it was a dough, and you just dude. put the freaking hammer down and the work in and the blood trailing in. And that's that's what I try to get across to guys, man. If you the hunt's about the hunt, it's not about the harvest. It's about mm-hmm. you just accomplished a crap load, dude. That doe's on the wall, dude. Right and now. when it this dude where this dude <laughs> shot that thing, it's not like he popped out the truck and just whack, you know. Dude, no, I ran dude. out of water on the yeah. pack out. It was horrible, man. It's uh, it's not an easy task to get it done. So when you find success here, it's a s- sweet right. deal. So it is. I want to address something. I know it's a little bit different from hunting. Bruce, what's going on with all these dry fire bows, man? Oh, what's going man. on? That, that is just baffling me, man. We just got another one in today. Oh, uh, God. Two at the shoot. You were, I think, there on that one, right? I had one go off right next to my ear. Really? Sorry, Sorry Justin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't I was gonna protect the names to save the innocent, bud, but uh, well, no. I mean, I could be yeah. still edited. No, no. <laughs> Justin, it wasn't me. That was your friend Brian. Well, it you know, it yeah, happens. dude, it's I, I don't know if it's the amount of people just doing it or everybody's bull crapping in a group or the guy today just I straight out forgot to put an arrow in, and it's like, wow, man. I mean, and me and Ernest tried to cover that. It's, it's, it's part of my ritual. I, I almost did it. I don't know, maybe twelve years ago, just shooting a really good score to three D. And Renee, I went to full draw, and she's like, "Don't shoot, don't shoot." And I looked at her like, "What?" She goes, "You don't have an arrow in." And I'm like, "Because oh. you know, we all do it when we <laughs> yeah. get shoots. We go up, we find the ten ring, find the ten ring. Okay, it's on that shadow. Find the ten ring, and you just don't want to take your eye off it, and you just draw." Right. Yeah. But now I just, when I hit anchor, I just glance down real quick. Two seconds, arrows in, good. And I do it hunting. Oh, dude. Did Justin switch to a hip quiver for the shoot? So mm. if you're going from hip quiver to a quiver, you're you're not worried about seeing your, you know, like that's why I like running my quiver. I can see when I have an arrow oh, yeah, in yeah. it, if it's full, if it has one taken out. So that could be another thing that he's not used to. Right. You know what? We, we were BSing, like, you guys hit, in your guys' video, you guys hit it on the money. Like, we're, we're BSing, cracking jokes. And then, uh, I mean, you're having fun at a 3D shoot? No shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) But it happens, dude. I mean, I almost bought that new last year's PSE from you because I I went full draw with that. Was the Evo 33 or something Mm -hmm. like that? I went full draw and Travis saved my ass, man. Yeah, dude. That's hinky, man. I mean, that that is just crazy. 
I run a hip quiver, and uh, when we're out at those and duties, going back and forth doesn't it doesn't mess me up. Like I think it's because I've always done that. You know, when I before I'd even known you, Bruce, I was up there at Faith Armory before mm-hmm. it closed down, and and we literally would shoot at a at the range. They had like a twenty yard range, but right. they had the uh, I don't know arrow holders right there in each lane. So like I've always just been one to grab an arrow at a three D or at a target, and you know. And go that way. I've never had an issue. Even when I hunt, like people say, "Oh, you should practice with your quiver on." Dude, I don't. I don't. I, when I hunt, I don't even notice it. Like obviously, I have to grab an arrow from it, but it doesn't affect my shot. I don't know. I don't run seven arrows. I run three. So you yeah. probably just have to pay attention to your level a little bit more. So right? yeah, but man, I got a sidebar. Oh, you know, man, and and the thing just sits in my hand, and it's like perfect. Yeah. And if anything, to be honest with you, Bruce, I, I got a little bit hey, too dude, much. Hey, by the way, there. let's let's touch bases. Three arrows. I love the dedication and the confidence right there. Oh, fuck, dude. Put it this way, bro. If you miss once, you're lucky to get a second shot, all right? Like, I'm not what, you know what I mean? Like, oh, the third arrow's just to fall on if you miss the second time? Yeah, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's no, only only time I ever have a, one of those hip quivers is because I know Travis is putting a nasty shoot on. <laughs> Normally, I like nope. to roll five. Yeah. I run the bow, shoot the bow exactly how I hunt with the bow. I'm, I'm the same. Everything you. the exact same, no matter what. Five arrows. Yeah. Yep. Balance because it sounds this sounds totally asinine. So I'll the sidebar right. So I, I rock a sidebar. I think you run a sidebar now, right? Yes, so sir. I balance that all the way down to my first arrows out. That's how I balance my bow for that cold form. But if you go from arrow one to empty quiver, it's a different balance because yeah. you figure 450 whatever your arrows are Correct. 450 440 times five. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weight on that. But side. this is the thing, Bruce. That's why I practice without. A quiver. Right, but you hunt with one. Yeah, but I did. Listen, man, when you're holding your bow, for me, like, I don't know. Like, last year, I even thought about it last year because I did a lot of backcountry hunting in Utah last year. And I was like, damn, I was running a quiverizer, right? And I didn't do it last year. I put I put a tight spot on. Right. But I was, like, carrying my bow everywhere. And it, at, I was like, how's this thing really going to, like, affect me? Right, like, is it? I'd never shoot with a quiver on at all. But when, believe me, man, when I went full draw on that buck, I didn't give a shit. Fucking quivers <laughs> on my bow, it had no effect. Right? I mean, I don't know if it's my adrenaline because when you get adrenaline, you get it's almost like you get stronger. So you you're just gonna naturally adjust for the weight. It's not like I don't know. I tr- I trust my gear, dude. I I think I just bottom line, I just trust my gear. Well, and it, and it you paid know what? Off. It yeah. I I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't affect it. Do you get that I, mount back, by the way? Yeah. I think it's sitting in my garage right now. In the what? In my garage. That shit's not above Listen, your headboard dude, in the bedroom? Bro. bro. In the studio. In the studio. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Whatever, bro. What you bro, guys are doing? We don't got the camera My old lady gives absolutely nothing. She gives two shits about what I do 99.9% of the time. Just no mounts she, in she the house? Gives, dude, there's very few things she tells me no on. All right? fucking mounts in the house yeah that ain't gonna happen if you walked in my house you'd be like this this contemporary house man oh shit brandon you got a nice four right there you know what i mean like it just wouldn't fit in my old lady absolutely not ain't gonna happen you know it started like that with renee and she i'm like well this javelina is either gonna go in the living room or above the headboard you make the call it's going to one of those two spots it's fine it's going in the living room now second year she kills a javelina well i want to put it over i'm like we're not putting a javelina in this house so she got it, right? Because she yeah, hunts. I, I mean, my old lady doesn't. My old lady. And you've been like to my I house. Said. Now it's like, holy shit, dude. It's all over the place. I don't know, so man. So dreams are made. I just, <laughs> too I, many mounts now. I feel as if I can't argue 
No, I get it. Pick your battles is where you're coming from. Yeah, I was my mom always said, nothing's in the house. Baby, don't worry about it. Because you know what? She don't bitch at me about tag costs. She don't talk shit to me when I say, hey, I'm going to burn three weeks out of state this year. She don't talk shit to me about going to shoot my butt. You don't want me to put them out in the house? Okay. Baby, don't worry about it. The old lady. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I put my safe in my spare room, and she's like, get that fucking thing out. And I was like, god damn it. And it boils down to drought conditions suck. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> after yep. came home from Arizona, we boiled up that that skull. I mean, I don't have any kind of shoulder mounts. I'm not really a shoulder mount kind of guy. Right. But I have a bunch of driftwood from Wyoming, and I mounted on a piece of driftwood. And Carly's like, "That would go so good right there in the living room." I'm like, "Yes, yes, baby, it would." Thank there you. you. <laughs> that did turn out nice too. It, it did. It looked it nice. Nice. That sure. driftwood stuff's really cool, dude. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot of cool things to do with that. You know what my chick told me, dude? She's like, "Good thing you shot a doe because I don't want another mount in the wall." <laughs> she's still on the wall. <laughs> oh, you did mount that dough? Yeah, she's at oh, my dad's house. You, but you mounted the dough? Yeah, she's your old. No, no, the, your old. No, oh, oh no, no, I didn't shoulder mount her. No, she, there's an arrow. Hey, dude, that's behind the her coolest setup you have at your house. <laughs> I've got a dough mounted in it's dude? like in a collage with some bucks. Yeah, oh, that's it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just that's thought it would rad, look kind dude. of different. Yeah, you know? yeah I mean, what, what would it take? I, I I was thinking about that because I don't really like shoulder mounts that much. I don't know what it would take, what kind of deer it would take for me to actually get a shoulder mount. I don't know that I would. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Which I, you, I just for me, it's always been kind of a thing. You sit back, like there's a lot of nights I'll just sit back. I'm reading an article or whatever it is, and I look up and you just, oh man, I remember that hunt. And you replay it in your head, and then you're like, oh man, I remember. You know, and it's I just, can do the same thing with skulls and antlers, you know. And yeah. I do. I'll sit on the couch and a couple different times having a sip of whiskey, looking up. I mean, and run through the whole thing from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, the whole trip, the hunting trip, not just the harvest. I don't know. I like velvet. I, I, you know what? I I, I did the velvet buck because it was a velvet buck, you know? And that you kind of have to. It's a velvet buck. It was great. I mean, they do Euro velvet bucks. You know, you can do that. But I, you know, and I was kind of like, ah, shit, I don't know. Like, what do I, what do I do? You know? And I was kind of tossing it back, but I don't, I don't regret it at all. Ed Franson. Does amazing work, yeah, it does. dude! Like incredible work, and I is he still in town? Or, or no, he moved. No, right? he's out. Yeah, yeah, he moved. That's a good dude, dude. He's great, but the thing about it is, like, oh, he's coming on the podcast too. Yeah, it is. Nice. Yeah, probably our next one. I think. Anyways, uh, tell him I said hi, man. I, I will. Seen him in a he he might. He's gonna be here, so he might. Yeah, swing he came in. down here and did a measuring clinic with Nate and a bunch of guys for uh, CBH measuring. Yeah, yeah, and you know the the. The work he does, it's almost like I want to continue to mount him, but I'd be honest, I don't have any room. Like I'm almost out of room. I was, Brian is at the in the in the studio. You got I a mean, big garage, dude. I do, but I got to. I mean, it's it's fine. It, you have a big garage. Uh, it, I'll probably end up mounting more. Ten more. Ten more. At least eight, maybe. But that's what it would take. Probably a velvet buck. No, I would do a shoulder. I know mount. what it's gonna take. It's gonna take a big Wasatch bull. Oh, big Wasatch oh, bull. Dude. Sorry, honey, you can't park the car in the garage anymore. Dude. Dude. Like, oh man, that, dude, how many years does it take you to draw that tag? Three. Oh, you salty, dude. Bastard. I got. You don't even deserve that. <laughs> no, you're that salty. Tag. You're salty. You're the salty one, bro. Oh, son like, of a yeah, bitch. I, I, dude, I, uh, Damn. I'm still in disbelief. Who cares, man? Ride that high and go oh, kill it big. And I got time. I got the time. This so year. I always ask guys that have that tag or dude. a good tag. First day, what are you passing? Are you hunting horns or are you dude, just hunting elk? Put it this way. This is going to be my second time hunting elk, okay? The first time was in a, any bull unit. It was an extremely hard hunt. That's the only thing I can judge an elk hunt on because I've only been on one, right? And it, it was tough. It was one of the toughest hunts I've ever been on. I don't 
have any expectations. Bruce, if I'm out there, first of all, I'm going solo. I'm not going with anybody. My it one buddy, take you 10 more years to draw a I know. premium tag. So they, there's, I've tossed this around, and we'll have this conversation. Screw it. My buddies that I normally hunt with can't go. Brian's tied up. He's going hunting. Timmy's family stuff and hunting. He's got his own hunts. You know, my hunting buddies out of Utah, they're going to be out guiding. I mean, it's mid-September is going to be when I'm up there. I'll be in Wyoming. Yeah. I mean, everyone's busy, right? So I'm going solo. I may be able to pay Patrick to come and film the whole thing, which would be cool, which is what I'm gunning for. If he can't do it, I either go solo or hire a guide. I'm not opposed to hiring a guide for this reason and this reason only. Well, I'm sorry. I'm opposed to hiring a guide for this reason and this reason only. Because I like to be the one that did it. Not to say that hunting with a guide, you don't do it. But I've just always, I've ground my, I got to where I'm at grinding my pick, figuring it out. Obviously, buddies have been involved, but it's generally speaking, I've ground my pick to be where I'm at, to have the success that I've had. Sure. I also look at it as like, dude, I'm never going to draw this tag again. This is a once in a lifetime tag for me. I can't draw for a limited entry elk tag in Utah for another five years. Right. That's not a three tag. I got the one random tag. Or whatever it is. I got a random tag. Then you talk about point creep. So I'm looking at like 25 years to get that tag. Again. I, I get it. I'm going to be 65 years old. It's probably a one and done shot. So like the rational side of me is like, Brandon, put your ego aside. <laughs> Fuck your grinding your pick. <laughs> Go pay someone to make the best out of that hunt. Right? I'm not talking about hunting private property. I'm talking about nah, getting dude, a guide on public. I get it. I, I'm tossed up. I am very tossed up about this. And it is, it's kind of like everyone's like, man, I wish I had that tag. Yeah, I bet. But then you're, then you're stuck with this situation that, all right, none of your buddies can go. You either go solo, right? Trust or you hire yourself, somebody. trust your equipment, trust 100%. yourself and go hunt. And I'm not opposed to doing that. And that's why I told Brian, dude, it's probably going to end up like that. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to go solo and I'm going to get it done. Yeah, I'm going to give it my all. And if I don't, I can tell you that it's not going to be because I didn't give it my all, sure. right? So I can rest my head at that. But another thing is, is do I want to rest my head at, hey, man, you gave it your all. You didn't fill that tag. Or do I want to rest my head like, hey, man, you know what? You forked out, of, you know, you forked out some change and you went and you filled the tag. So would you, would you feel better about shooting a 280 bull? Solo? Completely by yourself or a 350 bull with a guide? Two, 280 bull solo all day long. There you go. And that's, you just I, made your decision. Correct. And I and I, I wanted to get back to that. I just kind of went on tangent. But you said, what would you pass on? Dude, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Like, So you know then. I, I know. Like, I'm not passing on. And my buddies have know what they're like. You better, you better pass on anything less than 300. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, first of all, I'm not even going to be able to tell what a 300-inch bull is coming through the timber. I don't know. You know, as long as it ain't a spike on one side and, like, a raghorn on you. know what I mean? Like, this thing's going to catch an arrow. Like, That's a dandy mule deer, dude. dude like, you know, like, dude, if, I mean, there's a lot of factors involved. What if I am two miles back? I know people say, I'm going to go 10 miles. Man, I don't give a shit about that. Like, I'm going to be realistic you about You can call this. people in town with horses. They'll come help you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do know that. I do know that. We just had that conversation. But, but the other part of that is, dude, I'm 1,000 miles away from home. Okay, 
I I put my safety on. I'm kind of like a worry woo. So like my safety's a concern of mine. We're not talking about Laguna Mountain Canyons. We're not talking about. Oh no, dude, you're dude, in the Wasatch. you're in the fucking Wasatch. Wasatch is brutal, dude. You could die in there. Oh, absolutely. And they, you know, and this is a thing too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not like that's funny. It, I'm, no, I'm, no, it's true. But the way is. you said it, I'm just ever hunted the Wasatch. No, 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 dude, no, no I'm not it bashing it. The way he said it was made me laugh. Well, I mean, I know it's kind of comical, but it's the reality. No, it's yeah, like it's just, you know, I agree. I'm not trying to be overdramatic about it. I'm not. But the fact of the matter is, is dude, anything can happen. You can roll down a cliff in a drainage. Bump your fucking head. Well, hopefully you die from the bump. That way you don't. Well, right, but the, you know, I gotta, I gotta get eaten from the bottom out by <laughs> <Dude>. a lion. <laughs> well, and those, those lions are actually big up there. You know what I mean? So it's like they got bears, they got lions. You're solo. You're elk hunting. You're, you're not gonna knock one off on the road. It's not gonna happen. You got to be off the road. So there's a lot of things that I'm playing out, and I'm trying to plan it out, and I want to be smart. I want to have fun, and I want to be safe. You know, and that's why I said, like with Patrick, I'm like, dude, I'll pay you. Like, come film it. I'll give you a grand. Come with me for seven days. Like, if you can take the time off, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Plus, you got an extra back to haul meat. Well, and and the dude to shoot a bear in the eye at 30 fucking yards with his SIG. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if we have to. So, I'm not, you know, it's another, I don't know, I'm just kind of. No, I always like asking guys, you know, you got a primo tag because it's one of the questions that was asked to me when I drew that 27 tag four years ago, I believe. Yeah. You know, what are you going to hold out? And the guy's like, oh, dude, I'd pass up 350s. And I was like, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm like, heat of battle. Real, is that a 320 or a 360? I'm like, dude, the first pretty bull I see that's mm-hmm. a good bull in my eyes, I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. And then it, it took 14 years, right, to get that tag. And I kind of played the same thing as you. was like, 14 years, dude. I will never draw this tag right. until I'm an old decrepit bastard that cannot hunt that country. Mm-hmm. And it was just me and Jeff went and hunted it as two buddies hunting it. And and don't get me wrong, it was uh, it was a hell of a pack out on two days of packing meat. But, dude, it was probably one of my favorite hunts I've ever done. Yeah. And number one, you're doing it with a, your best friend. Yeah. Right? That just enlightens it. Because that's really what deer camp is. You can have great animals everywhere, but you got a prick in camp. It just ruins, it ruins the whole it. damn hunt. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was cool. But, you know, you're packing out and you're like, gosh, damn, dude. I'm never going to hunt this unit again. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad state of affairs but it is what it is so that's why i always like asking guys like you that have that one great tag right what's your goal what what, what is your goal in your head to be medically med- mentally and physically prepared for this hunt yeah i you know and and it go it gets back to it bruce you know the reality of it is is sure everyone wants to shoot a 350 bull everyone wants to shoot something big. they want to shoot a tank they want the notoriety you know or they want to do it for their own personal goals whatever the reason is right you want to shoot a big animal i look at it like dude honestly I want a big-bodied bull, so I, I mean, obviously, I want horns out of it. It's a limited entry jaw, but I want a lot of meat, and this is me being realistic. I want a lot of meat, and I want the experience that I see on YouTube when I'm going down that rabbit hole on a nightly basis. I want bulls screaming. I want to have a couple come in. I want to have, like... A rut, and not to say that this would happen, but I want a rut fest to be going on where you're sitting and oh my god, there's four bulls all around us, you know, like you can feel the you can feel you, yeah, it. like dude, I want I want that. That's what these tags are supposed to be. So like for me to go, oh yeah, I'd pass on a two ninety bull, dude. If that, like I said, man, honestly, dude, if it comes in and 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 I'm like oh shit, and I'm having a good time and and my heart's pumping and it's a legal bull, dude. I mean. It's going down. It's going, oh, especially it's if I'm solo. About. Dude, if I'm solo, yep. if it ain't a spike, it's getting an arrow, dude. 
I mean, you better be ready for that solo trip, man. That's a lot. It of is, meat. and you know what it is. But it, ultimately, though, I I train all the time. Uh, I'm gonna get back to running more. You know, I'll be physically. You going up int- early to kind of adapt to elevation? Because what are you hunting? Like nine thousand, ten thousand? Yeah, yeah. It it'll to be honest, it'll be ten thousand feet where I camp. My <laughs> my a, a spot, like where I would go solo, right. the first spot would be ten thousand feet at least. But you know it. I'll be in shape. I'll be ready for it. I was there last year. You know, I, I know physically where I need to be to be good back there. And you know what? Like Timmy said, man, dude, if I, if I put something down there, there's guide services all over there that are proud and happy to take my money. When save I say that, I got to bowl down. Save that thousand bucks for yeah. the horses. But that's a, you know, yep. they're not going to care if the thing's a six by six or a six by seven or a freaking three by four, you know, it doesn't matter. They're going to take your money and they're going to help you pack that thing out. So right. the it, accomplishment you'd feel from shooting any legal bull correct. solo, correct. I don't care how big it is. Yeah. Like that, that right there would be enough. Mm-hmm. Enough. Dude, I want to be able to like there. I want to. So, a lot of guys put in for tags like this years and years and years, and it takes 20 years to draw stuff like this. I mean, maybe not the Wasatch, but just, gen, you know, sure. in Utah. I mean, it takes a long time to draw an elk tag. I don't want to disrespect this tag in a way that You're makes not, sense. By saying, like, by, by, like, not giving it my all. You can still give it your all and not shoot a 350 bull. I mean... The hunt, the hunt is for you, no one else. Yeah. Who cares about Instagram? Who cares about yeah, anything? Yeah. If if you find a bull that that fills your needs, correct. Shoot that bull. If it gets you excited, shoot that bull. Correct. Who cares what anyone thinks? Yeah, no, that and that's where I'm at. I'm just saying, like, I want to be. It goes back to being in shape. Like, I want to be able to give it my all because if who's to say there's not someone that's been putting in for 15 years is a dream hunt of his and he didn't get it, but he was one name away and my name was in front of his. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I want to give it my all on this tag. And, and by giving it my all, I can, in a sense, like, in a sense, not disrespect it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's if I was going to take this tag and go road hunt it, like that's you'd be like, what the? You guys just yeah. got a camera. What days are you going? I'll record for you. Yeah, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, Timmy, <laughs> I'm it, a good dude, packer too. Yeah, dude, you'd be mean. You'd be out there for sure. You um, know, we'll talk have a podcast. But yeah, <laughs> I, like you said, Timmy, hundred percent. Tempt him, dude. If I'm out there solo, dude, and 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 a I. I've been calling out of a, there's a big difference between like, like knowing how to call and knowing what calls you should make. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, it's so crazy, but I've been blowing on bugle tube for two and a half years. And not to say that I know what I'm doing. I just can make it sound pretty good, you know, and then cow calls, you know, you get a hand call. There's a couple diaphragm calls I got, you know, and, and hopefully that didn't make me sound like an idiot saying that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I feel as if, if I can get something called in and I'm solo, bro, and I stick them, man, that's going to be like a... So you're going to call? I mean, is that your game plan? Cal- yeah, dude, I'm going to run and gun. If I'm solo, dude, I'm running ridges and blowing bugles into those, locator bugles into those deep-ass canyons and waiting for response. And to be honest with you, man, Utah seasons are a little weird. It ends on the 17th, two days after supposable, you know, equinox or whatever. And, and so I'm going to hunt probably the last guaranteed 10 days of the season. Um... And I want, I honestly, I want to pressure elk, not like blow them out, but I want to, if I hear, if I get a response bugle, uh, I literally want to go in on it. I'm not going to try to draw that elk out, like get a response, go in, get close, blow another one, maybe a couple hundred yards in, blow another, if he responds, get in closer and start cow calling. 
you know, just depending on where they're at. I don't know. You know, it's all we kind of did on on my hunt was really cool. We blow one call, locate, blah 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 blah, answer, and just shut up because they've been so pressured for the hoochie mama. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's funny because I remember hiking down in the canyon where I killed my bull and I heard a truck stop door open, meow, meow, right? Went, Fucking hoochie mama. Door slams, they drive off. I'm like, well, what the crap, dude? So as, as soon as we got locators, we just shut up and I bumped. To four different satellite bulls and just took their piss, rubbed it all over my clothes. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of became part of the herd, not making a noise, just let them talk, just kind of sneak in, go all the way to the bottom of the canyon. And the, the one bull that I was looking at, it was a seven by seven, and, and that the big six by that I killed just heavier. He ended up kicking the shit out of him. I was like, oh, frick, he's the, he's the herd bull. And then he gathered all the cows and started back up the canyon where I was. I'm like, gosh, damn, that's where I saw him the night before. So we hauled ass, me and Jeff, up to the point, and it ended up killing that bull, but not one call, not nothing. But two days prior to that, I had a pretty good bull, like that 280, 290 call, or bull, and we bugled at him. Soft little bugle. He looked over, and he just walked off like, dude, I want nothing to do with this. And I was like, holy shit. And it's just a great learning experience just mm -hmm. to shut the hell up and be part of the herd. So they, yeah. you know, because once you make that call, Okay, somebody, something's there. Something's there. So yeah. they know something's in that area, mm -hmm. so why not just be quiet? You know, if you make noise, big shit. I mean, right. that's elk walking. Mm -hmm. But the call, and it just, it worked out good for me. Um, That might be something to play with. Just, I just. Because I don't know how much pressure you're going to have in that area. Dude. Are they a lot tagged? I think there's like 260 tags on the, it, the Wasatch a huge area. Absolutely. On the, on the archery, ta on the limited entry, there's like 260, but the problem is, is in that unit, they have. Cow hunts. Too. Cow hunts and spike hunts with. Bows, and they just like they're unlimited so dudes are in there beating brush horrible it, it ends a week it ends a week prior to the limited entry no no you can come if we go for 10 <laughs> days what i'm saying is we your season would end though whereas you wouldn't have a tag and i would because the limited entry goes for another seven days one after those the coveted spike. cow tags that's what i want yeah i mean they're over the county you can get one dude that's what's killer about arizona you draw that tag that's the only That's thing it. happening, dude. There's right. no bear hunts, no deer Correct. hunts, no cow hunts. It's just That's a bull elk hunt. In three years, you're going to Arizona with me. Perfect, dude. I'm like you, man. I have a backpack and like to fucking hunt meat. Mm -hmm. yep. I just, I get off on it, dude. Dude, it's, <clears throat> I, I'm always game to pack. But so we'll see. I, I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews like, hey, they don't talk because there's so much pressure in there. You're not going to hear them talk until the last seven days once everybody's out of there. I've heard that, hey, man, September, you get into those deep draws, those September one, man, they're starting to pop off. And, and you know, the way that, I kind of been reading, and, and I was talking to Travis, and, and he's saying that this year is like the best year for elk hunting um, in like the next five years. The way the dates and the, the moon phase and all that shit, that I don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I don't know this stuff. But I was reading on Elk 101. People could laugh at me all they want, whatever. You know, uh, Corey Jacobson's thing that he has going on, he was saying that this is a great year as well, just based on like the equinox, the lunar lineup, and all that kind of Perfect. stuff. And, you know, you know, the dates are kind of – Seems like from what I've been reading, the dates on this archery hunt it was like the year to draw this tag. Now I don't know if that's going to equate to anything other than me eating tag soup. I don't know, but I can tell you that I am going to give it my all, regardless if I'm solo or if I have someone or if I go with a guide. Um, I haven't made up my mind yet as far as going with a guide, but and you're going to have fun as crap, dude. It's going to be <laughs> freaking fun, man. You got an L like, tag, dude. dude Shit. I, and that's what I was walking the dog with my chick, and she and I was kind of running her through like with what I was just doing with you guys, and she's like you seem like you're overwhelmed. I'm like, I am. And she's like, well, don't forget to have fun. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, believe me. That's Regardless of what's going on, it's a right. given. Like, fun is built pressure, into this. Yeah, the pressure's 
before the trip. Once you get there, everything's just yeah. You're now we're you're hunting. I got woods. my bow in my hand. Yeah. You know? So it's just it's leading up to it, but like Trav had a good point the other day. He's like a bunch of people drew elk tags, and they're all excited, but no one that drew good elk tags has ever been elk hunting, or mm-hmm. you know. So he he told me he said for the next few years go hunt cow elk, just learn their behavior. That way, when yeah. you do draw a good tag in three years, you'll be ready for it. You'll yeah. know what to expect, dude. And and I when I was talking to Trav because I I honestly Travis like Bowman. I said, yeah yeah, <laughs> SD Muleys. Mm-hmm. I I have literally only hunted elk one time, and that was like three years ago or two years ago. And it was on a any bull unit. I ended up shooting a cow. It was like I said, it was very hard. But that's the only elk experience I've ever had outside of like helping my boys in Idaho, you know. And that's basically just glassing from ridges and whatnot. So it's like going into a hunt like this. This should, like Travis said, this should be a hunt that someone has put in years of of cow and elk spike or cow and spike tags or OTC Colorado tags for ten right. years, and then they go into this thing and they're like, oh boy. We're, we're F-22 Raptors right now. Like, we're <laughs> fucking coming in hot. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's the way I feel like it should be. And and that's the only reason why I'm kind of hesitant on, like, not, like, I'm hesitant on going solo or going with a friend and not just saying, fuck it. But you can find deer in California. Correct. You can find elk Correct. in the Wasatch. Correct. You're looking for the same stuff. Droppings, trails, tracks. Correct. I mean, water sources, canyons, deep canyons. Mm-hmm. I dude, last year when I shot my buck up there, dude, I was in the elk. Like I, we found elk. That's what I'm saying. I, I know how to. F- I can find them. Yeah. So finding them is not going to be a problem. I hope. In, in, you in, know. In my opinion, if well, if, right, and who knows what it's going to look like during that. I was, and, in, and it's a patternable animal. I mean, it. it I don't want to say whitetail, but right, dude. If they're in that basin, they're going to be generally, unless they get pushed hard by right. a pack of wolves, whatever it might be, they're going to be there. Yeah, but, and but I, then you regroup and you get correct. to the next ridge and dude, you find them. Believe right. me, man. I, I'll figure out. I uh, I got a couple calls into the biologist. Hopefully, he calls me back. I literally left two messages. So, hopefully, he calls me back, and I want to become best friends with that guy in that area. I'm going to pick him apart, and I'm going to tell him exactly what's going on, like where I'm out of. You know, I'm not I'm not a uh, Utah resident. I'm literally going to be driving a 1,000 miles. Like, you know, maybe he'll give me a little bit more information than he normally would. I don't know. But all I know is I'm going in with a happy smile, like a smile on my face. And I have pumped. confidence in you, 100% confidence. Dude, so. I, I believe in myself. That's the most important part. Like, if I don't believe in myself, I'm like, and I truly believe in myself. Every time I've ever done any of this kind of stuff, I mean, I've always felt like I was behind the curve. And I've always managed to figure it out. So I, I'm i going to have a great time. That's all I can explain. Like, Heck that's yeah. all I can say, you know? Like, you're just saying you're going hunting. You Dude. know you're going to have a great time. <laughs> Can't wait, man. Yep, yeah. You know? You got anything, Brian? I'm good. Be quiet, dude. I'm good. I've been listening to you. Yeah, well, we haven't given him a chance to talk, really. No, that's no, what I'm good. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good. I feel like you, you were wanting to be in this and just be the fly on the wall and listen to no, it. No, no, no. I mean, I, no, we're good. My phone's ringing. You good, Timmy? I'm dialed, man. That was fun. Hey, Timmy Coles, man. Congratulations on uh, what you're doing here. Well, thank you, sir. Heck yeah, dude. I'm enjoying it. Ah, it's going to be awesome little uh, marriage right there. It's a good one, dude. The trifecta. Yeah. We're super pumped to have you on, dude. <laughs> Thanks, oh, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Dude, thanks for having me on, too, no, man. I appreciate it. No problem. It. You, uh, you got anything you want to add? Nah, dude. I think we covered everything. Just, All right. Just uh, wanted to chit-chat with you guys a little bit. Yeah. You finally wrestled me down and put me in a rear neck and choke. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> yeah. It's been time. Well, listen up, guys. Check it out. If you guys are uh, looking to get your bows tuned, you want a new bow, you want you want some uh, a new sight, new quiver light, or, you know, a new quiver, new stabilizer, anything you want, man. New set of strings. Make sure you reach out to Bruce down here. Bone Ale Shop, Lakeside, California. And if you guys are not from San Diego, trust me, it's worth the drive. Yeah. Appreciate that, boys. I really do. No problem, dude. We're out of here. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in.